Who will be the first-round surprise in tonight's live draft? Will former overall pros versus Joes champ Jake Seeley be able to reclaim his crown? And can the Joes keep the title on their side as we begin our pick-by-pick coverage? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our live analysis as we call the action from the 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joes Fat Stacks Division Number 1 to see who will win a 2018 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up for lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, we still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Soon as the test to see if Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to this latest and special episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we have the first of six special episodes for you. It is the Pros versus Joe's Fat Stacks Division number one draft tonight, and we will be covering it for two full hours. That's 120 minutes and a whole lot of seconds. Follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. It is streaming there. Now, shout out to the chat room right now. Post your questions you might have in there for us. You can connect with us on Twitter at Hour at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzek. You can also post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Hour. if you want to give us a call. Do uh, do so at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. Now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails tonight. This, of course, provided to us by our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer, Bryce. As a reminder, tomorrow is the deadline day for the FFPC early draft slot announcement. When you pay for your main event team in full, you'll get your draft slot after next weekend, more than a month ahead of time before you'll be drafting. Remember, if you already have a team, $250 off each additional team you add on. Square those balances away. Sign up for other drafts at myffpc.com. Dave, we are here. Pros versus Joes 2017. Are you ready for a marathon of 12 hours of essentially commercial-free radio, as far as we're concerned, uh, over the next two weeks. I'm pretty excited, actually. This is how it usually starts. Yeah. We're very excited to start. By the sixth, sixth time we have to do this, we're not so excited. Nobody's listening anymore. They've all, yeah. like, look, yeah. we know how this goes. The all right? same guy I liked in the first draft, I like in the sixth draft. Oh, David Johnson's going in the first round? Interesting. <laughs> uh, you run out of stuff to say. Yeah, you do. But uh, we somehow we find a way. I'm excited to have you for all six drafts this year. Remember, last year I only got you for the last three, but this will be exciting. I'm happy. My wife hasn't booked us on any weird Door County vacations, right. Disney trips, 
girls' nights out, none of that stuff. I actually am able to do this. I'm, yeah. I'm actually happy about that. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, and with that joy, I will uh, read the lineup for tonight of who all the drafters are as we are, wow, we're flying through the first round here. Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, a pro from Pro Football Focus, leading off tonight from the uh, one spot. Of course, Chris Holland and Alex Blake, they've uh, been on this show many a times. Actually, Alex Blake actually co-hosted one of these broadcasts last year with me, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. He and Chris Holland are drafting second. Nelson Sousa from ScoutPro.com is the pro at number three. Chris Lutz drafting from the cleanup spot, number four tonight, ExtraPointPress.com's Sam Hendricks. Drafting fifth tonight, Shelby Stewart right behind him. A former overall champ of this competition, I believe in 2014, no, excuse me, 2015 he won it all. That was Jake Seeley from the Fantasy Sports Network. Wayne Achterberg, uh, FFPC Joe, drafting eighth. Corey Parson, a former co-host of this program for Fantasy Sports Network. He is drafting ninth. Richard Green, FFPC Joe, is drafting tenth. The final pro tonight, Mike Visconti from fantasysportscentral.com and Leon Hughes is the final Joe tonight drafting at the 12th spot. We already have... You know, here's the thing. People can't see this at home. Maybe we should stream this on Facebook Live. Uh, I have a tendency to violate your personal space in the studio here. It's a little bit annoying. I know, and I feel bad for it. Sometimes I I take over the microphone. You're trying to alpha the mic. I don't want to do that. Let's uh, alpha the... uh, You're the the play-by-play guy. Yeah, you're the color guy. Yeah, you know, the, you know who the color guy is? Usually the guy who can't speak properly in right. 30 to 50 second increments. Right. Well, that, that's your job. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, I, can, uh, I can put the, a blurb together. That's about all I can say. Yeah, that's fine. That's, listen, that's all you need to do. It's fine. So just keep your hand on the other side of the thing. The dizzle blurb. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get some analysis here on this uh, first round, Dave. A shocker at number one. You, you normally see in FFPC drafts the same, well, not even FFPC, but drafts everywhere. I would venture to say the majority of the time, a heavy majority of the time, you see David Johnson going number one. Not tonight. Jeff Ratcliffe from Pro Football Focus selects Le'Veon Bell, the running back for the Steelers. Are you, I mean, this is surprising. Is this a guy, if you, go ahead. Henry Mudo, Henry Mudo says he was, what, 90%? 90%. There you go. But by the way, happy birthday to Henry Mudo, uh, another big high-stakes fantasy football player, celebrating his birthday tonight, <laughs> watching Pros versus Joes, and then gearing up for Game of Thrones later. <laughs> So it's, you don't need to give HBO any more free advertising. Well, it's, listen, they put up some this pretty good stuff. This is the show stuff. you actually watch, though, right? This isn't one of those ones where you look at Wikipedia to see what they Why do we always get into this? I, we don't need to well, get the into new this. listeners, want to, they want to know that you, this is one that's bulky approved. You actually watch it. There's many shows that are bulky approved that bulky just doesn't have time to watch. But, yes, I do watch Game of Thrones, and that's all awesome. fantasy research. If you had a number one overall pick, how much would you be considering Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson? Um... No, I, I would just I take I like David Johnson I like him a lot. I, I you know it's what everybody else likes as well. But I mean there's nothing wrong with the wisdom of the crowd sometimes. So no, I mean there's there's not you don't give much thought to Le'Veon Bell here. I like David. I mean he's just in his prime. You know, he's still on the uptick. I think right. he had so many more fantasy points last year. And actually this recent news says he's in a little bit better shape. He's lost a little bit of weight. Are you at all concerned with Le'Veon Bell holding out? I'm not at this point. Not really, but I mean again, you know. That's, a, that's just another thing. It's, it's not like he's this you know, superlatively happy player, right? He's not, everything's not hunky-dory with Le'Veon Bell. Okay. You know, he's got the, you know, the marijuana for a while. You know, he's got things. 
Okay. He's not perfect. He's Doesn't not, it? Not David flawless. Johnson is. David does, Johnson's close to flawless. Really. Right, right. What, what, what Le'Veon Bell's skin has these ugly warts on it in various <laughs> parts of his body. David Johnson has smooth, silky and, skin that's pure and ready a, to be going at the 101. He's a running back candidate. Right. He is a little bit, got a little bit of the warts, yes. Well, Kamura, Chris Holland, and Alex Blake do take uh, David Johnson at the two. I actually recorded a podcast, which you can hear on rotoviz.com slash podcast this coming Thursday. Uh, Nelson Sousa, Shane Gray, Zach Jaraz will all be on that. And Nelson, we actually recorded right before the show to bring him behind the curtain a little bit here. And we talked about what he would be doing at the 103 tonight. Nelson Sousa, of course, the defending co-champion of the 2016 FFPC main event, a $250,000 grand prize uh, was sent his way. He said he would be considering Ezekiel Elliott there with the possible looming suspension. He's actually drafting a football guy's draft while he's doing the pros versus Joes tonight. And he's getting help from his son. So his son is helping him with both drafts. The uh, group think on that came up with Elliott at the 103. Now, knowing what we know about Elliott, Dave, at this point, you're drafting tonight. You have the third pick. Is Elliott your guy? So it, the rumor is that he's going to be suspended like two games, right? That's, That's the rumor. However, and I was talking with Kirk Kikis, another great uh, high-stakes player the other day. He brought up an article that was posted on footballguys.com, and I forgive me, I can't remember who wrote it. But actually, the, he could be facing as much as a six-game suspension, and God only knows what the NFL is capable of, of oh. what they're going to levy as far as his punishment. It well, could be six games. It, you know, it's a, domestic, it's a domestic abuse thing, right? They're, they crack down hard on these guys for this stuff. Yeah, so, and rightfully so, right? You know what I mean? Like, so what? He said, you know, he seems like a person who just does not treat people the way they should be treated. Well, I'm, just, I'm gonna try and be kind of nice. Okay, I, I don't, I'm not going to speak to any of that. All I all I can speak to is what I would be doing at the 103, and I don't think I'd be able to take Elliot at the 103. I'll take right Antonio now. Brown. I have no problem. I would too. That's the way I would lean, and that's what uh, Chris Lutz did in the four spot after Elliot went to Nelson Susi. He takes Antonio Brown. This is the first of three straight receivers. Julio Jones goes to Sam Hendricks at the five, and then Odell Beckham is the sixth overall pick by Shelby Stewart. We see a guy who, a running back who's been creeping up higher and higher in drafts, Dave. LaShawn McCoy goes to um, Jake Seeley at the 107. Jake Seeley, by the way, in, in this format before, the year he won it, basically whiffed on his first two picks. Um, really? Yeah, and still won it, and it wasn't close. I, I believe he won this event kind of going away. So he's the type of – maybe it wasn't his first two, but it was two. It was like second and third round or right. third and fourth round, something like that. So he's no stranger to taking a running back in the first, middle of the first round. He takes LaShawn McCoy there, a solid pick for sure. And then uh, Mike Evans goes to uh, – right after LaShawn McCoy to Wayne Ashterberg, FFPC Joe. Uh, A.J. Green and Jordy Nelson – are the receivers right after that, Corey Parson taking A.J. Green and Richard Green taking Jordy Nelson. Mike Visconti takes Melvin Gordon at the 111, Dave. I saw in a football guy's draft today, Melvin Gordon, 103 pick. Really? Yes. Wow, that's pretty – that's right and early. Again, I don't want to seem like a douche, but this is a pretty big, significant – Yeah, we can say that. <laughs> significant high-stakes player that took him at the 103, too. Nice. So just putting that out there. That was interesting. Highest I've, I've seen Gordon go in any draft. Uh, and then Devontae Freeman rounding out round one here. So that is how the first round shakes out. Uh, we've had somebody on hold for basically half a year here, so I want to yeah, bring them on the right line. now. Who's no, I know. Listen, I knew he was on or she was on. I know. Sleeping at the wheel. You are on live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Pros versus Joes with Balky and Dave. Madison. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Hi, this is Wayne Absolutely no one. 
Wayne, Wayne Ochterberg from, uh, for, what, what, what spot is it? The eighth spot tonight, FFPC Joe. Wayne, I didn't even know you were a fellow Wisconsinite. I, originally I am. I've been in Cincinnati for about five years, but always bleed the green and gold. Uh, now people are going to be like, oh, they only let Packers fans on the air, so now we got to pretend we're cheating. only let them into the, uh, into the pros versus Joe's act. Yeah, well, that's it. Too. That's we really Listen, think. cover that up. You didn't hear that uh, from me. Okay, so Wayne, this is exciting for you to be uh, participating in pros versus Joe's tonight. Tell us a little bit about uh, your strategy from the eight spot and what kind of team, how you were going to build your, uh, you know, the roster construction of your squad tonight. Well, I've been doing some of the the three hundred fifty dollar uh, championship drafts on FFPC, and it, it, you got to kind of take a step back and remember it's a best ball. So I really got my eye on on getting a good complement of stable, consistent performers with the the boomer bust guys, and and going for the big wins each week. I think I mean there's there's going to be and, and Nelson and I actually talked about this when we were recording earlier tonight. We talked about the fact that one of these teams in this draft will get a an FFPC main event team, a, you know, $1750 value for 2018. Second place doesn't get anything. So, I mean, this is a big deal to try to win out here and I'm I'm wondering how many swing for the fences picks uh that we will see tonight. When you start off your draft with uh, Mike Evans, and then you followed up with uh, Jordan Howard. Uh, how satisfied were you the, Were you with those guys falling to your spot there to grab those guys in the first two rounds? I, I was surprised that LaShawn went as high as he did, so I was happy for Evans. I was prepared to take A.J. if, if uh, Evans went where he normally goes. And then coming back, the fantasy exec uh, snaked me on Hilton. I had my eye on P.Y. there. But uh, I think Jordan Howard is going to be pretty steady. The Bears really have no one else. You know, one of the things we've talked about on the high-stakes fantasy football hour is the fact that a lot of people are dogging Jordan Howard a little bit because, you know, he was a rookie last year. It's going to be tough for him to come back and, and do what he did last year on a bad, on a bad team and, and so forth. The, the question I pose is, okay, if you're believing that – what's changed? What's changed in exactly. that offense? I mean, they bring in Mike Glenn and whatever. I, I feel like that offense still revolves around Jordan Howard, Wayne. How close will he get to those numbers that he hit last year? In my opinion, I don't think he's going to be that far off. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he'll be any higher, but I don't know that he'll be much lower either. And so if, he, if he's in the ballpark of last year, I'll take it. Wayne, you are on the clock on the delay right now. You've probably already made your pick here at the 308, but give us the thought process of what you were thinking of, of doing here and, and why you chose who you did at the 308. Yeah, I actually haven't picked yet. I, I got some guys queued up, and I'm trying to project what might make it back to me. Um, and, again, just as we talked, it's trying to take somebody that is a good balance of high upside and, and uh, high floor. And I got it down to two guys, and I'm trying to figure out if one of them will make it back to me or not. So um, we are we are going to pull the trigger on this, and it's live pick on the air. <laughs> that goes through. Absolutely, keep keeping us on the edge of our seats. We're on a delay here, so it, it probably did go through, but we're on a 10-second delay as far as viewing it. Christian McCaffrey is the pick. Yeah. Nice. The Carolina Panthers rookie. So he goes, uh, follows up Jordan Howard with another running back here. Tell us why McCaffrey was the guy that you wanted to go with here. 
Well, I, I think a it's a it's a PCR league, and b I think he is he's going to surprise some people and be a inside the inside the tackle runner as well. He's going to get a lot of touches. Um, I, he's going to be more durable than people think. I think he's got huge upside. So swing for the fence. Swing for the fence, indeed. You definitely have the makings of a team with a huge upside to win this uh, league for sure, Wayne. I certainly appreciate you calling in. We won't take up too much or any more of your time. Uh, good luck this season, not only in the PVJ, but in all of your football guys leagues, your FFPC main event as well. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks a lot. Wayne Ochterberg from uh, Cincinnati, originally from Green Bay, Packers fan. You know I'm pulling for him, Dave. This uh only cheesehead in this draft, as far as I can tell. Um, so interesting stuff. I always like getting the picks on the air. We're going to talk more about McCaffrey when we get to the round three recap. Let's quickly zoom through uh, round two. And I say quickly, kind of kiddingly, because, listen, I don't do anything quick on this show. It's going to be a long and drawn-out process. Jay Ajayi goes at the 201 pick to Leon Hughes. I, a pick I do want to talk about briefly here is Travis Kelsey going to Mike Visconti at the 202 tonight. And the reason I want to bring this up, for anybody who's not familiar with the FFPC format, Football Guys Players Championship format. Shame on you. One and, yes. Oh, one, I'm sorry. One and a, yeah, that's okay. One and a half points per catch for tight ends in this format. So, obviously, they get pushed up. And the first tight end off the board, Dave, tonight is not Rob Gronkowski. It is Travis Kelsey. What do you make not only with Kelsey being the number one tight end off the board, but going all, all the way up to the 202? Well, I mean, he uh... – he obviously likes Kelsey better. He thinks that it's a safer pick. He probably doesn't trust Gronkowski's health. Uh, I, I don't know that I could make that pick necessarily, but if, if he likes Kelsey, you know, the thing about Kelsey is he is going to be the red zone target for that team. You just, I don't see uh, Tyreek Hill really being that, that, that type of guy. Really? This is the first, look, this look, this is the first I'm, I'm saying, I'm non-ultimate saying. awesome thing I've ever heard you say about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek scores from 90 yards out, 70 yards out, sometimes – Sometimes ball get from 40 yards out. I mean, every once in a while, he'll run it in from 25 yards out. But from the 10-yard line, yeah, that's when they throw it to Kelsey. You can listen to the Tyreek Hill Fan Club podcast every <laughs> Friday night, 10, 9 Central. Dave Gerzak hosts. I just kind of hang out it. here and wrangle Dave in on his Tyreek Hill. Uh, love. So Travis Kelsey at the 202, he's a guy I've been seeing creeping up. Uh, he's still going. I think his ADP is 208 right now in, in football guys drafts, but 202 is interesting, and he seems to be rising. Okay. Keep in mind, Kelsey is the guy who had a great week 16, so I think some of these people who draft Kelsey had that week 16 championship. They still have a little bit of that sweet nectar that they've had from that victory. Sweet nectar yeah, making okay. an appearance on the program That's tonight. I like that. Like uh, here's uh, another juicy pick, Lamar Miller. Normally going at the 308 in football guys drafts. What do you make of him going at the 203 tonight to Richard Green? Well, you know, I don't really like Lauren. I know you don't like him, but so uh, I okay. And here's, well, then I, I definitely am not a fan of that. Here's the other thing I'll bring up, too. We're going to bring this up a lot on these drafts. He's ADP is a 308. He ain't making it back to Richard Green at the 310, probably. Okay. So you take him here, you get a running back to pair with Jordy Nelson. That's an interesting pick right there. I know you're not a fan of Miller. I am not a huge fan of him. There's a great article, I think it was on Rotoviz, uh, this past week uh, that detailed why you should be buying Miller. And I advise everybody to check that out, especially the Rotoviz podcast. Great stuff there. The high stakes <laughs> lowdown. Anyway, go ahead. You were going to say something. Uh, you know, Dante Foreman hasn't really done much to distinguish himself this offseason. If anything, he's made himself look worse, and he solidified Miller's job. I just don't think Miller's all that great of a talent. He never has had that high of a yard per carry average. I don't see it getting much better this year. 
He's really never been a fantastic RB one type player. He never has. No. Ever. Now a lot of people will tell Ever. you. Now a lot of people will tell you that the reason for that is not because of Lamar Miller's skill set and his talent. It's because he was not used properly by the coaching staffs. Now, what we saw it's last... Really a lot of disgruntled well, players' agents would say that. I feel like The Rock, who's on Ballers, would be right. saying that. Um, has Lamar Miller been on Ballers yet? No. They okay. only have good players. Ah, touche. So Lamar Miller uh, is a guy that was paid buku bucks by Houston. Still not... Didn't perform, like, up to that, that level. Now, I think he still was a, an RB1 last year, but... That wasn't a huge bar yeah, to like, jump what was over. He, yeah, it was 3.8 to 4 yards of carry. It was just something pretty pedestrian. Corey Parson. He wasn't got, you know, wasn't got awful. It just wasn't fantastic. Exactly. Yes. Corey Parson has the pick after that at the 204. He takes T.Y. Hilton. We already talked to Wayne Ochterberg with uh, his Jordan Howard pick at the 205. Michael Thomas comes off the board to Jake Seeley at the 206. Then Gronk goes at the 207 to Shelby Stewart. We see Todd Gurley go at the 208 to Sam Hendricks to pair with his Julio Jones. Amari Cooper, the pick after that. At the 209, that is to Chris Lutz, an FFPC Joe. Brandon Cooks off the board at the 210 to, uh, that is Nelson Sousa. And uh, Jordan Reed and Des Bryant round out the second round. Three tight ends in that second round. I, I don't know if I've seen that a whole lot in FFPC drafts and football guys drafts so far, yeah. but makes sense. I mean, you have Jordan Reed, who has all the upside in the world at tight end. Rob Gronkowski, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's a healthier version of Jordan Reed with an even higher ceiling as far as what he's done in his career already. And then Travis Kelsey maybe doesn't present the necessarily high upside uh, that the other two have. But after Kelsey shook those injury bugs that he had his first couple years in the league, he's really taken on uh, the role of, of being a, a solid, dependable tight end who could finish as the tight end one this year. So, you know, to follow up with Jordan Reed, you know, I read, there was an article today about, um, who is it, Al Saunders, is it? Tight ends coach, yeah. No, maybe it's somebody else. There's somebody talking about Terrell Pryor, his former wide receivers coach. But he was saying if, if Pryor is not an all-pro this year, he'd be shocked. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't. That was, was somebody else. Some, from Cleveland. He was his coach in Cleveland last year yeah, who said that. Whatever it was. Whatever. Who, I don't really care. But the point is, you know, if, if Pryor is supposed to be this great, and Pryor has, you know, he's going to be a red zone type target, you know, Jameson Crowder now supposedly starting, you know, is Reed going to command as many targets as he used to? I, I, I question that because if Pryor's going to get so many targets, how many is Reed going to get? You know, Crowder's going to get his. And you still have Josh Oxen, too, out there trying to run around and maybe make a catch or two if he's healthy. Yeah, it may, maybe this is, you know, we talk about the Chargers passing attack. Uh, maybe we should be treating the Redskins passing attack just like the Chargers. Target Phillip Rivers and Kirk Cousins because they have all this talent to throw to. The Chargers passing attack. Well, because they have Keenan Allen coming back from injury. You have Hunter Henry who could, we talked about Hunter Henry a lot on Friday. I'm a big fan of his this year. You still have Antonio Gates farting around out there, catching a lot of balls. You have... Um, Tyrell Williams, who's now the – isn't that enough? That's four good weapons. You don't have Not to mention Melvin Gordon, who went at the 103 in a football guys draft today. I think about that. I mean, there's, there's a, it's, it's a great offense with a lot, of, a lot of talent there that could put up a lot of points. All right, I get it. Okay. I don't know if I buy it. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm not necessarily selling it. The 301 pick tonight is DeAndre Hopkins, 302, DeMarco Murray, and then a couple of receivers go off the board. Demarius Thomas and Alshon Jeffrey, not huge surprises there, in my opinion. Uh, then we get a glut of running backs here in this mid-third round. Isaiah Kroll, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey. That's the rookie run. Now, I, I will say this. That is the rookie run. Jake Seeley was actually the guy who took Joe Mixon uh, tonight. In this format, in the FFPC, Joe Mixon is normally not coming off the board until the 4.07. So this was 
probably, I mean, roughly around early. And honestly, I, I, I feel like I just keep saying great things about Jake Seeley tonight, but I don't have a problem with this pick because I feel like when we get to main event drafts in September, I think Mixon makes a great ascendant type player. And I think he will be moving up boards. Yeah, Gio is going to be on the pup list for the first six weeks. Is that that we're accepting that is kind of much, pretty much the truth, right? Even though that no one's going to say yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, that that's going to happen. It's I would not be shocked at all. In fact, I'd probably be very surprised the other way if he so wasn't. Can, this is what's so funny is that that when that happens, Mixon will go up about a half round, which is so silly because anyone who's kind of in the know knows that that's going to happen. And Jeremy Hill is not exactly a world beater at this point. No. Um, so if Joe Mixon makes a lot of sense there and he's probably the most surprising guy out of, out of those four, Dave, which guy are you most likely to draft this year between Kroll, Fournette, Mixon, McCaffrey, which is your favorite guy for redraft out of those four running backs? Um, it's either Fournette or McCaffrey. I, I really love McCaffrey's skill set, So I'm, I'm going to have to go with McCaffrey. I, I, I can't quit him. I can't quit McCaffrey. <laughs> I think I'm le- see for me it's probably Fournette or Mixon. I think I'm leaning towards Mixon at this point uh, between those three. But you know, you know me, Dave. I'll probably change my mind four times before we're actually uh, drafting ourselves. Well, I would, you know, McCaffrey brought me to the dance. I'm going to keep rolling the dancing with him. Good for you, Doug Baldwin is the receiver right after McCaffrey. He goes at the uh, 309 tonight. First quarterback goes off the board. Aaron Rodgers, the 310 pick to FFPC Joe Richard Green, Allen Robinson at the 311. And a bit of a surprise here at the 312 FFPC Joe takes Michael Crabtree. So we have two Raiders receivers off the board tonight, Dave, within the first 36 picks. The Crabtree pick is interesting. I've got to look up his ADP right now. But Actually, I, you know what? I don't even mind it. I think Crabtree is talk, a Talk a little bit about why you, like Crab, or why you don't mind the Crabtree pick at the 312. Well, you know, one of the reasons I don't mind him is he keeps on outperforming Amari Cooper. He keeps on doing better than Cooper. And yet Cooper keeps getting drafted earlier and earlier because Cooper's the pedigree player. He's the guy that everyone thought was going to be so awesome. And he's been doing fine. But Crabtree keeps outproducing him. He's the, he's the person that moves the chains. And uh, I, I, I know Crabtree probably gets drafted later, but I don't really mind that pick at all. We talked about this with Lamar Miller, but, I mean, Crabtree's ADP is the 502. So if you don't take him at that turn right there and you like him, not coming back to you in the uh, probably not coming back to you in the late fifth round if you're Leon Hughes. So that is the first three rounds tonight. Let's uh, yeah, there are other players I probably would have drafted them over over them there. Right, coming up. Yeah, let's uh, go back to the phone lines here. The 608 is back on the air. Who is this? I think Wayne Butt dialed us. Yeah, he might have. That's entirely <laughs> possible. So Wayne Otcherberg. Congratulations. You're on the air twice tonight. Uh, so that is very cool that uh, we, we're, we're actually falling behind here uh, as far as how the, uh, the picks are going. Am I good here, audio-wise? Yeah, you're okay. Okay, but you were not? You know, you know I'm fine. Okay, just right, I just I want to make sure everything's hunky-dory with you. Second tight end, or excuse me, second quarterback goes off the board here. As usual, everything's skewed your direction. Right. <laughs> Except for fantasy winning. I wish that were the case. The 401 tonight is Tom Brady, Dave, and he goes to Leon Hughes, so he goes Crabtree Brady with that uh, turn pick. Do you have a problem? I mean, like Tom Brady, uh, you know, we don't talk about anybody who listens to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour knows we don't talk about quarterbacks a whole lot on the show. Uh, But I think Brady is an interesting guy here, too, because he is getting so old um, in. 
normal NFL years, but it doesn't seem like he's aging at all. A lot of weapons for him to work with in New England. He's still very handsome, yes. His ADP is the 405. If you want him, that's not a bad spot to grab him there. Do you like him or Rodgers better this year? I'll take Rodgers over Brady. I like I do like Brady, but I like Rodgers. I like Rodgers a lot. I think he'll be great this year. Is Brady your number two quarterback this year, do you think? Can you think of another guy you'd like better than him? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, anybody? No. Um, it's fine to say Brady is your number no, two. No, I know. I'm just I'm trying to think of other players. Um, Andrew Luck. I know you don't like him, so I didn't even bother bringing him up. <laughs> Probably Brady, I yeah. guess. It's interesting. Greg Olson is the fourth tight end off the board at the 402 tonight. And, Dave, I got to tell you, this next pick, shocking to me. Absolutely shocking at the 403. We get FFPC Joe Richard Green taking Jeremy Macklin. What? Jeremy Macklin, the newest Baltimore Ravens receiver, he goes at the 403 tonight. Listen, I love Jeremy Macklin as, as much as the next guy, and there's going to be a ton of people who are, are loving up on Jeremy Macklin's value, but you take him in the fourth round, I feel like you kill a lot of value uh, that you would be able to get him much later. If you look at FFPC ADP right now. I think that was a little bit early. Yeah, it's <laughs> very early. He's going at the 907 in DE formats right well, now. Well, be nice about it. You don't have to be like. I'm not, I'm not trying to be. Oh, a, my God. Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, I mean that that was really, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. That was really, really interesting to see him go at the 403. Devonte Adams goes the pick after that at the 404. Your boy, 405. Tyree Kill. Uh, he Great goes. Pick there, Wayne. He goes right after that. <laughs> Maybe that's why Wayne wanted to call back in and say, "I'm taking Dave Gerzak's boy <laughs> at the job. 405." Great pick. Wonderful. Keenan Allen, the pick after that, followed by Jarvis Landry. So a couple of PPR uh, monsters at the. Uh, 405 and four, excuse me, 406 and 407 picks. Sammy Watkins, the pick after that. And then Terrell Pryor is the fourth receiver taken by Chris Lutz to start his draft. Pryor is his wide receiver. Four-time Montgomery, the 410 pick. Jimmy Graham, the 411, and he is the fifth tight end off the board, followed by Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, as the number two running back to Jeff Ratcliffe. The one thing you have to look at here after these first four rounds is three teams have tight ends, yet five are off the board. Team 2, Kamura, and Team 11, Fantasy Sports Central, both have two tight ends. And we'll see in the fifth round and in further rounds how much that affects the draft because these guys have kind of, uh, you know, kind of put the screws to the competition. That is a great point, and I will bring this up, too, that Kimura, Chris Holland, and Alex Blake, and FFPC Joe, they're used to seeing people force the issue. There's usually one team in, in every FFPC draft that likes to take those two tight ends early to kind of put everybody on quasi-tilt. Uh, but then you see uh, Mike Visconti, a pro, doing the same thing. At the 11 spot tonight, Mike Visconti, who has drafted in this competition before, knows how your bread is buttered in, in this league. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the tight ends fall. It won't be as interesting as our next phone call here, and I think I know who this is. Caller, go ahead. You're on the air with Balky and Dave on the this High Stakes British Fantasy guy? Football Hour. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Hi, Dave. Sam Hendricks joining us tonight. Very excited. Uh, I shouldn't even say tonight. Sam, I ask you this every year. What time is it for you right now? Uh, it's like one thirty in the morning in England. Can you even, and, and I'm can't even understand you? And I'm on the speak. clock, so. All right. Oh my God. Okay. Speak to I didn't a even, proper British boy. I didn't even realize that. So he understands. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, Sam Hendricks, you're on the board here. You're on the <laughs> clock. Uh, what are you thinking of doing here with this pick uh, right now? <laughs> Cheerio, jolly good. Um, I was gonna. I was actually <laughs> looking at luck. Right, based on ADP, but Dave scared me off when he said he didn't like him. No, take him. So I'm probably going to take him. Uh, no, it's not bad. 
I know it's good, it's really good, but I, I think I'm I'm going to go tight end and double up on the tight ends. Eifert's still out there, so uh, I'll probably end up going. It's between those two. So up to you, buddy. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, this is going to be compelling. I don't think Luck is a bad pick here, even even though I'm not fond six, of his deer. Six rounds, Sam. I mean, come on. Kurzak can't rip on you. I, mean, I like Luck at that spot. I know. I do like him there, but I also like Eifert there too. That's, yeah, it's up to I'm you. Going, if you think his, gonna, you know, lower I'm body going, injury is going to heal up, whatever it is of the of the week. I know. I'm gonna. I went double tight end. It's just there's a there's a lot of value in this draft, so. So Sam Hendricks from ExtraPointPress.com avoids, avoids the upper body injury of Andrew Luck to take the lower body injury <laughs> of Tyler Eifert. And, and now Sam can actually be that guy in your local – Yeah, they, they, the, that guy in your league that, that can name his team, it hurts when Eifert. Oh, so, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? Yep. So listen, Sam, we all know what you were up to here. You played us off like, oh, I might take Luck, I might take Luck. No, really, I just wanted to name my team that. So you, we, we talked about this just recently about these teams doubling up on tight end. You're another one that doubles up on tight end, Sam. How much of that was best player available? How much of that was trying to force the issue and, and put these other teams who don't have tight ends in, in a bit of a panic mode? Uh, it was all about best player available there. I really was looking at luck. I had planned on going luck there, and when I had the chance to, to jump on him, I had to go with two tight ends. Um, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't pass up the value there. I'm looking at your team, Sam, and I'm seeing a lot of players here that um, actually is pretty good value. Six rounds. Yeah, totally. I'm seeing a lot of players here that that you will have have um, seen a lot of people, a lot of analysts um, speak ill of this year. They've been disappointed by some of these players last year, but they've also had massive upside. Julio Jones, huge upside. He's the second receiver off the board tonight to you. Todd Gurley, massive rookie season, struggled last year. Maybe he bounces back this year. Isaiah Crowell, everybody and their mother's talking about what a breakout candidate he could be this year. Sammy Watkins in a contract year, apparently almost fully healthy right now. Another guy who could be in for a massive 2017 campaign. And then you go uh, tight end, tight end with uh, Ertz and Eifert there. So what do you think of your team so far? How satisfied are you with it through six rounds? I love every bit of this team. Dude, you got to go big or go home. I mean, you, like, like you guys talked about earlier, you got to come You got to come in first. Second doesn't count in this thing. You want the big prize. And, by the way, congrats, thank you very much for that uh, wonderful prize for whoever comes in first place gets a uh, main event entry into 2018 FFPC. That's huge. Um, thank you for doing this. But you've got to play to win. You can't play to come in second or third or fourth. So you've got to swing for the fences. Uh, when you're playing this. So you got to take some risks. And for anybody who's questioning this strategy, remember, Sam Hendricks has won his division in the Pros vs. Joes both in 2012 and 2015. So he's already cashed in on this main event prize before. Wow. He knows what he's talking about, unlike me and Dave. Dave, did you have a question that yeah. you wanted to ask Sam? Well, you know, I, okay, here's a personal question. How long have you been living in England now? And, you know, tell us a little bit about that and, and what it's like living over there. Oh, it's great. I've been here 10 years um, off and on. And uh, it, it really is good. It's a, li- it's a little bit of America because I'm uh, at a U.S. Air Force base. I, I don't live on the base, but I work on the Air Force base, so I got a little bit of America going on. Um, and it, it, they speak English, so if you're going to live in a foreign country, England is probably the best foreign country to live in. Beautiful place, <laughs> lots of good beer. Um, I'm on the clock, guys. Guess who I'm going to get in the seventh round? All right. Look at this. Look uh, at this. Uh, it just it fell in. These guys aren't listening. Andy, listen. Crazy. Look at that. That took like four hey, seconds. It may hurt when Eifert oh, 
but he has good luck on his side. Hey, That's terrible. Hey, I'm so, going to let you go. Before I so, go, thanks uh, for doing the front of the dynasty leagues up. I've been playing a bazillion of those things this year, and it's addictive. Um, I really like the dynasty setup you guys set up at FFPC days. Well, thank you. We yeah. appreciate that. Well, and we appreciate your patronage. Uh, Sam, listen, good luck in this draft. This will be uh, your third one if you can uh, bring it home tonight. Good luck to you, and good luck to you in uh, all of your leagues this year, and I will bid you a good morning, sir. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheerio to Sam Hendricks uh, calling Rob. us live for 1.30 in the morning in, in England. You know what, I, Rob, you know what I hate about you all the time that you do? You always, you always, Rob, whenever he signs off on his emails, he's always like, Cheers. Yeah. You don't, you don't say cheers in America, you idiot. You know, Bryce does that, too. Not, not to just... Both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. What's with the cheers? Yeah, it's ridiculous. He says weigh, they both weigh about 140 pounds, too. Combined. Uh, Sam Hendricks... Bryce, you're in pretty good shape. Rob, you need to get right, a little bit of a beer going yes, on there. Get, get, get back to it here. <laughs> All right, sorry. So, Sam, Sam Hendricks, uh, again, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at fantasy underscore F-ball. You can read uh, his, uh, the great literature that he's put out. Dave... Uh, you wrote a foreword to one of his books. Yeah, that was very as well. poorly done. I should have had my daughter edit it. The FF Guidebook. Check that out on Amazon as well. Yeah, he does a great job great yeah, writing. Yeah, Sam, uh, Sam definitely knows what time it is. So we finished off the fourth round. Let's get back into the fir- uh, fifth round here. Jeff Ratcliffe, after he takes Marshawn Lynch, takes his third receiver in Golden Tate, followed by Larry Fitzgerald, and then Martavis Bryant to uh, ScoutPros.com's Nelson Sousa there at the 503. Kyle Rudolph, the pick before... Sam Hendricks took Zach Ertz, followed by Mark Ingram, and the third, excuse me, the fourth rookie running back off the board tonight, fourth rookie overall, I believe. Dalvin Cook to uh, Fantasy Sports Network's Jake Seeley. Drew Brees, the third quarterback off the board tonight. Uh, he goes to Wayne Ochterberg, and then uh, Tevin Coleman, a guy who's been creeping up. And I'll bring Tevin Coleman up here, uh, as Corey Parson was the guy who selected him tonight. We talked uh, about on the latest high-stakes fantasy football hour. I know you weren't there. You had bigger things to do. But <laughs> Jeff Howell, uh, who's actually going to be drafting in this competition on July 30th, we had him on. And then Farrell Elliott, uh, your friend and mine, runs the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Elizabeth. Talked about Tevin Coleman on the show a little bit. And we had an emailer um, that asked, is this like Ben Tate, Larry Johnson, Derrick Henry level, where you're essentially drafting a handcuff higher and higher. And Farrell said, no, you're not drafting Tevin Coleman as a handcuff. Tevin Coleman is his own man, okay? <laughs> Tevin Coleman is his own running back. He is his own pick. That's a pretty funny it, statement. In and of itself, I'm paraphrasing. So Sounded better from you. Yeah, no, believe me, it sounded better from Farrell. So he made the, the case that, listen, Tevin Coleman is going to have value whether Freeman gets hurt or, you know, sucks or whatever, regardless of what Freeman does, Coleman, even if Freeman stays healthy, Coleman is going to have a successful season. Are you buying in to Tevin Coleman at that spot right there at the um, a 507 or 509? You know, I, not, not as much, not as much as you guys are or as Farrell is necessarily. I like some of the other running backs that actually I, I like his next two picks better than the Coleman pick. But, you know, if he likes them there, that's fine. I just don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I love the Dalvin Cook pick. Actually, I feel like, I know I hate to you know take away from what you were just saying, but two round discount off of a Fournette, Mixon, and McCaffrey, 23, 24, and 25 picks later, Dalvin Cook. That's a that seems like a good good deal to me. Dalvin Cook's uh, normal uh, FFPC ADP is at the 507. So to snag him uh, where Jake Seeley did, right at the 507, uh, he makes a, a lot of sense at that at that spot. So <laughs> I was I was. 
I was going to really no because I really didn't he think he swung he's... for the fences yeah. and hit it right uh, right right at the fence line. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. Morning <laughs> track power. Um, so that was Tevin Coleman at, that we just discussed at the five hundred nine to Corey Parson, and then the five ten, the ten, the ten team is Richard Green's team is becoming one of the more fascinating teams in this draft. He's just doing. drafting. You know what, Bulky? He's getting his guys. He is getting his guys. He, and Jared Cook apparently is one of his guys. As he gets Jared Cook at the 5'10 tonight, Jared Cook, the new Oakland Raiders tight end, who is normally going off the board in FFPC drafts at the 13.07 in this format. Well, he's reached a little bit. He there. reached quite a bit on that one. He obviously could have waited. But uh, listen, far be it for me to scold the guy in this competition about not getting his guys since that is what I advise everybody to do all the time. That was the 5'10 pick. Stephon Diggs is the 5'11", and a guy I really like this year, going to Leon Hughes at the 12 spot. Hunter Henry. Your so, breakout tight end, Hunter I, Henry. I don't know if he can really qualify him as a breakout. I feel like he broke out last year. I mean, even with Antonio Gates getting all those red zone targets. I don't think so. Hunter Henry, Dave, what do you do last year? had 16 red zone targets last year. That was third. Ooh. That was third. Ooh. Third among tight ends. Really? In in pro football, you know who's number two? Um, Kelsey. Give you a, give you a hint. It was his real life teammate. Gates. Antonio Gates was number two with 18 red zone targets last year. Okay. In in a time when they were trying to get him the touchdown record by tight end, and I don't think they're going to be doing that this year since he only needs one to get it. He had 36 catches for 478 yards and eight touchdowns. That is not a breakout. He had a fine. Okay. He had a All fine. Right, fine. You know, a fine, fine rookie campaign for a tight end. Then he's my breakout tight end That's candidate. Very good. It's, a, it's a very, very solid, very good rookie tight end campaign. And yeah. I don't disagree with your, um, your like of him as a, as a player. To we, we talked about Hunter Henry as, as the guy who really bucked the rookie tight end you know, drought. Like, we don't really see rookie tight ends doing that much. And Hunter Henry. Still looking at the game, yeah, and that's, I think, the point you're making here tonight. But, <laughs> but it just seemed like it was so great because rookie tight ends eight, eight are so terribly eight, bad. Eight touchdowns. Eight De- touchdowns definitely eight helps, that, helps that out. So, uh, Hunter Henry, he was the pick at the 5-12. Let's get into the sixth round here. Julian Edelman. I almost called him Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman of <laughs> Ballers just, fame. saw him on Ballers yeah, earlier tonight. He was on Ballers, which you can catch on HBO. <laughs> Or on your HBO Go app or HBO Now. I was, we were pleased to see Amendola there uh, getting a little FaceTime. He probably got his $50 or whatever. I made this, the case to you, and you kind of poo-pooed it, when they showed a scene of Edelman and Amendola walking away from the camera. Amendola looked like he was about 50 the way he was walking. He was cre- creaking around. Creaking is, yeah. is the better way. Not creeping, but creaking. Uh, he didn't look very they healthy. They should find that Jarrett guy. He's looked pretty good. Anyway, Carlos Hyde at the 602. <laughs> He's a free agent, you know. 602, yes, he is. Mike Visconti takes Carlos Hyde at the 602 as the number two running back. Latavius Murray, again, getting his guys is uh, Richard Green at, uh, with getting Latavius Murray at yep. the uh, 603. Bilal Powell after this. This is the point I wanted to make. Oh, you know what? I, won't I make, love this pick. Let me talk. I'm going to talk, I'm I'm talk about Corey Parsons' pick in a little bit because I want to talk about his next one as well as Bilal Powell. So I'll move on from that. Dante Moncrief, Emmanuel Sanders, and Jamison Crowder all off the board in the uh, sixth round as they go at the 605, 606, and 607. Tyler Eifert, we heard Sam Hendricks draft him on the air. Amir Abdullah uh, goes to the um, uh, Team 4. That's Chris Lutz. He's an FFPC, Joe. And then Eric Eric Ebron, the number tight, uh, number uh, number one tight end drafted by Nelson Sousa. I feel like I'm giving the whole interview away, but we actually talked about Eric Ebron, and I said, you know, he's normally going at the 707 in drafts. Do you like him as as a mid seventh round pick? And he was very effusive in liking Ebron this year. And what does he do? 
He takes him. Now, he had the chance to grab him at the 703. He decides, no, I'm going to lock him up now at the 610. Well, he didn't have a chance to grab him at the 7. Well, I mean, you know what? He, like, he could have waited to the 703. Well, he did see him. that the pro football focus guy, uh, Jeff, Jeff Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe didn't yeah. have a tight end yeah. turning to go around that turn. Yeah. I thought he did a nice job. I thought uh, Nelson did a nice job. Wait, he waited a little bit on tight end, but not mm-hmm. too long. Right. He's still got a quality option with upside. Yeah. That's quality option with upside. There's nothing wrong with that. And actually, there's another player that made another similar pick. Yeah, I think Ebron was the tenth tight end off the board. Correct my math if I'm if I'm wrong on that, but it was right around ten. Spencer Ware and Eddie Lacy are the final picks of the sixth round here. Ware going to Chris Holland and Alex Blake, and Eddie Lacy going to Jeff Ratcliffe. Uh, let's get into the seventh round and, and power right through here. Martellus Bennett is the first tight end drafted by Jeff Ratcliffe at the 701. Willie Sneed to Chris Holland and Alex Blake. Team Kimura. Uh, he goes at the 702. Mike Gillisley. To the franchise, Nelson Sousa at the 703. Adrian Peterson right after that, followed by Andrew Luck, which we heard on the air. Paul Perkins, Dave Gerzak's whipping boy. Never liked him. Even this, even this year. Again, in the, in the seventh round, Paul Perkins is a fine selection. Okay. He's the starting running back for a pretty good offense. Anybody who's listening to the show right now. I think Perkins is, not, is a no-talent running back who happens to currently be starting right. on a decent offense. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. He, he's he's going to score some fantasy points. Everybody, anybody who's listening to the podcast right now just literally ripped out their earbuds, their right. headphones, like, I can't believe that Dave Gerzak actually said something positive about Paul Look, Perkins. I can't help it if the, if the Giants front office can't see what I see. And they like front, and if they like Perkins, that's fine. He's going to be there for another year before they get their you know, heads, heads on right. And you know what? Maybe he'll have an awesome – maybe he'll be fantastic. Who knows? Maybe he will. I've been wrong before. Uh, once or twice. Paul Perkins um, – That's a cheap. Yeah, It's super cheap. First right? of all, first of all, if you don't normally listen to our show, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, normally 10-9 Central on Friday nights. Uh, we do it live. You can always catch the replay on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Saturdays at 3 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Terrestrial radio stations all over North American syndication. iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, oh, yeah, TuneIn Radio. All over North. We're in Hawaii, Spreaker, too, Hawaii, Alaska. Overcast. If you're over there, check us out. We're on there. We're in the, even the not just the continental United States, the other ones too. The intercon. We're the intercontinental radio show. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. We're there. Guam. Probably. Guam. I don't know about Guam. U.S. Armed Forces Radio. We're probably on. There. U.S. Virgin Islands for sure. <laughs> The reason I bring this up is because you and I make these wagers, these I got yeah, five you know, on it wagers. I'm, yeah, I'm a little salty about the Paul Perkins. And I was going to say, like, because we talked one. about Paul Perkins last year, and I said, listen, I think that there's something here. I think that they've, they've found something. And you said, whatever, the Giants starting running back is whoever they're going to take in the NFL draft next year. I'm like, look at Perkins' stats. They kind of suck. They're right. not that good. He's not that big. He was drafted late. And then? Uh, they didn't take a running back to Wayne Gallman in the fifth round this year. And, and, and it, it cost you five bucks because you thought they'd be taking somebody Gallman, in the second or third round. Pick. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Wayne Gallman is going to go in this format much later on. My apologies for saying a player's name who has been oh, drafted yet. Paul Perkins, though, at the seven, what, what, did, what did I say he went at uh, here? 707? 706. You're, even Dave Gerzak, noted Perkins hater on board with Paul Perkins at the 706. Yep, you know, that's true. Delaney Walker and Jack Doyle are the uh, tight ends that come off the board right after Perkins, followed by Danny Woodhead. Let's pause and talk about Corey Parson, what he did here. Now, you said you like Dan, uh, Bilal Powell and Danny Woodhead, his sixth and seventh round picks, better than his fifth round pick, Tevin Coleman. Are you saying that you like those actually those guys to actually finish better with better numbers than Coleman, or do you like the value of getting Powell and Woodhead, two noted pass-catching backs in the sixth and seventh round, better than you like Coleman in the fifth round? 
I actually like both those players better than I like Coleman. I think they're both going to score more fantasy points than Coleman. There's a lot of... Uh, I, th- I, I mean, Woodhead and then Powell, I think both have potential to be top 15, top 16 backs. I feel like I'm going to get Woodhead and Powell in a lot of leagues this year. And, and maybe that changes with people pumping the, their values up, but it's just like, you know, with the, with the track record that these guys have had in their careers, with what their teammates and coaches are saying about them, yeah, with what the front office has crazy. done. Yeah, I mean, just, it, it just makes too much sense. And you're not sinking like a second or third round pick into these guys. Danny Woodhead in 2015, number two overall fantasy running back for PPR format. He's 32. He's super, super, super old. But I will say that the other running backs on the team either suck, are suspended, or are suspended, and then will come back and suck. I don't think age makes a whole lot of difference with, with Danny Woodhead the way that... There's no one else that has much talent on that team as far as running backs. But the way that he's used, been used yeah, in true. the NFL, yeah, I, I think that age is overrated uh, with him. I mean, I guess it is a significant factor, but I think it is a little bit overplayed. Uh, Pierre Garçon to, uh, to Richard Green right after that, and then uh, Theo Riddick and Evan Ingram. A little bit of a surprising pick there by Leon Hughes with the final pick in the seventh round. He has two tight ends now as well. So through seven rounds, Dave, we have one, two, three, four teams with two tight ends. I wonder if, and I want to keep bringing up the, the rubric aspect, but I think that that's a rubric that a lot of FF, or at least a draft plan, uh, that a lot of high stakes players like to follow. I think in, in draft experts type formats, especially because they do run out kind of quickly. And you're going to need someone if you get an injury. You're going to need need production. So if you, you know if you get like you know Team Eleven, Travis Kelsey and Greg Olson, right? That's a pretty productive duo that you're going to really they're going to be starting almost all the year during bye weeks. You're not going to have a problem if one of them gets dinged up for like three four weeks. You're in good shape. It's a pretty safe route to take actually, and, and safe but has upside. So I think it's not a bad way to go. When you're looking at more of like a main event type draft or a football guys type draft. I think it gets a little bit. I think when you're doing that, then it gets to be problematic, actually, because I think you're limiting yourself to really your your upside is uh, is, is limited to really looking at the the overall championship. You're not going to quite quite get there. And if you feel that you disagree with that point, that opinion that Dave Gerzak has about the FPC and the FFPC main event, go ahead and show him up by signing up for a league at myffpc.com. Get in on that main event. Get that early draft slot. Get in on the Football Guys Players Championship. Buy three of them. We'll give you 50 bucks back. No questions asked. That's uh, myffpc.com. Let's get into the uh, eighth round here with Evan Ingram going at the 7-12. Leon Hughes follows that up with Matt Ryan. Russell Wilson is uh, off the board right after that at the 8-02. So some quarterback action going on here earlier in the eighth round. Randall Cobb is the 803. Uh, to Richard Green, Brandon Marshall, and Devontae Parker, two guys at the opposite ends of their careers, uh, but both expected for better 2017s than they had 2016s. Devontae Parker, a potential breakout candidate in Miami, has not put it all together yet, but hopefully the injuries are behind him. We've seen a lot of what the coaching staff has talked about with uh, Parker this year, uh, saying that they expect a big leap from him, and a lot of positive stuff about Brandon Marshall signing with the Giants as well. So two interesting picks back-to-back there. And then Jameis Winston, Florida State's own goes to uh, Jake Seeley as his number one quarterback in the eighth round. C.J. Anderson falls to all the way down to the 807 pick here. And then uh, Kelvin Benjamin right after him going to uh, Sam Hendricks as his number three receiver. Derek Carr, not to be confused with David Carr, uh, going at the uh, 809 followed by Derek Henry, who did not go to the uh, DeMarco Murray owner, I don't believe. No, no, it was one pick before. Uh, Chris Holland and Alex Blake got Murray in the third round. Derek Henry goes to the franchise, uh, Nelson Sousa, 
with the third to final pick of the eighth round. Deshaun Jackson is the 8-11. And Cam Newton finishing up the eighth round here with Jeff Radcliffe. The quarterbacks are coming off the board now, Dave. We're seeing a lot of quarterbacks going. And I don't, I mean, pros and Joes alike. This isn't uh, uh, like we're, we're seeing the, the Joes avoid them. The pros are taking them equally as well. We have now through the eighth round, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine quarterbacks off the board. And Leon Hughes actually has two of them. He has both Brady and Matt Ryan through eight rounds. So maybe the same way we saw the tight ends forced, or the you know, owners forcing the tight end issue here, maybe we'll see a little bit of that with the quarterbacks coming up here as there is some more red paint on this ninth round draft board. I like this pick. Jeff Ratcliffe leads off the ninth round with Eric Decker. I haven't uh, necessarily talked with you a whole lot about Eric Decker ever since he was signed by the Titans, but that landing spot. Delaney Walker there, Corey Davis there. They also drafted Taewon Taylor. What are your thoughts on Eric Decker in 2017, Dave? Assuming that he's healthy, he instantly becomes the number one or number two option. Corey Davis is super talented, but he's still a rookie. I mean, let's be honest, he's a rookie. You know, Delaney Walker, I think that's who's 1A or 1B right there. I think Decker, if he's healthy, could actually get quite a few targets. And with Mariota thrown to him, why not? Should do well. We can talk about Delaney Walker, too, because he actually went in the seventh round. There's some people, uh, analysts and, and actually high-stakes players I've talked to, that are actually a little bit concerned with Delaney Walker because, you know, you, you've talked about this on the show a lot. Every year you don't like Walker. Every year he outperforms your expectations and really um, drives. Still not taking him. And, and yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so that's my point. This year, um, maybe this is the year that now they've brought in Corey Davis, now that they've brought in Eric Decker. They drafted maybe, Smith, Johnny Smith. And drafted Johnny Smith. Maybe this is the year that he does actually take a little bit of a step back. I mean, there's, there's actually some writing on the wall, and you can make a better case for Walker not performing up to expectations this year better than you could have made that case last year. Yeah, you know, but he's pretty cheap. I mean, he's being discounted. You know, Delaney Walker, where do you go here in this draft? Seventh round, 707. Pretty, that's a pretty good deal for Delaney Walker. Pretty good deal indeed. Let's uh, go to the phone lines here. You are on the air with Eric Walkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who are we speaking with? It's a pretty daggone freaking good deal because it went to me, Jake Seeley. Oh, Jake Seeley. terrible pick. Yeah, all in kid. Listen, Jake, you, uh, I don't know if you, if you got the – well, you probably don't because you have the actual draft board in front of you. But the, the YouTube uh, comments that we have going on with this, uh, with this draft right now, they're loving your draft. They like the Michael Thomas pick. I know you like the Michael Thomas pick as well. So your thoughts on where you, your draft stands here as we are now 10 rounds in. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of my draft so far. I love the value. I love the value of Delaney Walker. I love the fact that Joe – you look at where I got Joe Mixon and then Dalvin Cook to where he fell in the fifth round. By the way, I do want to point this out. I've been listening to the entire show. You were correct. It was my first and second-round pick. It was Monte Ball, Justin Forsett, the first two picks of that draft that I won in 2015. Whew. Wow. That's amazing. Look at how bad those picks turned out. I mean, well, you just crushed yeah. it after that. Yeah, I mean, but but this – now, Jake, that this speaks to the to – the, um, the ability of these drafters, you've really got to hit on those mid and late round picks. Even if you hit on your first couple round picks, the middle rounds are so important as well. Yeah, that, that's really where it comes key. We were talking about it on our show on the Fantasy Sports Network and talking about how you do best bowl. And I don't want to give too much away, but you guys know this. It's really about utilizing your bench in the right way. And I think that the biggest mistake people make is they draft somewhat like they're drafting a seasonal team just with more rounds and not realizing where you get the best benefit of a best ball. Cause last year I, it was, I finished second place to Tim McCullough or my good old coworker over there. So 
wasn't as great as a year, but obviously, I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. Obviously, I know how to run these things. Yes, you, you, your track record speaks for itself in this format, for sure, as, as listeners to our show and, and watchers of, of this draft definitely know. Uh, Keenan Allen, your fourth-round pick. This is a guy that was going in the first round of a lot of high-stakes drafts last year, that, that, you know, or at least the turn, the first, second-round turn. Is he being undervalued? Have we penalized him too much for the, letting him fall all the way to the fourth round? I think fourth round, yes. If he was going to be going in the third round, I think that's a proper spot. I was surprised he was still there in the fourth because, look, even the first half, or I should say the first quarter of that game last year, he was on a terrific pace to be the best receiver of the week. You all know the numbers when he's healthy, and that's really what it is. When he's healthy, when he's on the field, he's a monster. It's just the biggest problem has been his ability to stay on the field. But I feel like a format like this, even if we're concerned about the addition, or I should say the emergence of Tyrell Williams, the addition of Mike Williams, who actually might not even be healthy to start the year, the emergence of Hunter Henry and all the weapons they have, even if you want to throw all that on top of it, it'll be the best ball format and Keenan Allen's talent. I think I'll get more good weeks out of him than I'm not, where I'm kind of not too worried about the fact of a few weeks where he might go away just in case Phil Rivers throws it to the other players. Jake, you've uh, you've done this uh, draft for several years now. It, it, as we look at the 2017 board, how it's shaping up as we approach the halfway point of this draft, is there anything that stands out to you? Is there anything that that you uh, didn't necessarily see coming, or anything that's maybe uh, you know surprised you as far as how this draft specifically has flowed? I I was surprised a little bit at how much the tight end position got attacked early. Like I know it's point and a half, but at the same time, unless you get the elite guys, like I think in these formats, that's one of the things that people kind of over, they they do two things is one is when people play in PPR, they overrate PPR and not realize that it's really the standout players are the ones that are affected the most. It's the Kelvin Benjamins in the bad way. It's, you know, you look at players like Julian Edelman in the good way, but most of the other players don't see a huge effect. It's kind of the same thing with the tight end position. You have your Gronkowski's and Kelsey, obviously, but you know, even Olsen outside of that, I mean, the drop off from somebody catching 60 passes at the tight end position versus 45 or 50 it's just not that big of a difference to where if you just build the depth of the position, unless you get the elite option, it's not as valuable. I'd rather chase the tight ends at this point, which I, I was really disappointed. Eric Ebron went off the board before I got to him, but I was looking at that type of thing. It's like, I'd rather just chase touchdowns if I don't get one of the elite four. Well, we knew you were going to have a strong draft. You have not let us down, picking a lot of guys. Actually, what makes me feel great about this is you have Jake Seeley, Dave, who is infinitely smarter than I am when it comes to something like this. And he actually likes a lot of the same guys I like this year. So we'll have to see uh, if that holds up. But I'm feeling better about myself now. (laughs) Good for you, Bob. So I love the mix (laughs) and pick, Jake. I I really like it. good thing. Well, listen, don't sell yourself short He's up right now. Who's he taking? Yeah, you, uh, you are on the clock right now. What are you thinking in round 11 here? Oh, well, I was thinking of taking my second quarterback, but it just went, golly, every single one of them went. Dak, Rivers, Manning, Tyrod, Andy Dalton. So now it's either reach for one or jump to another position. And looking at the other positions, I think there's enough wide receiver depth. So good God, I I guess I'm going to do it. I'm going to hope that good old Blake has a better season under Tom Coughlin's uh, front office leadership there. 
Yeah, Bortles, yeah. baby. Blake Bottles. I love it. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, Jake, this was a treat talking with you tonight. I wish you best of luck in, uh, in the remaining part of this draft. Who knows? Uh, maybe you'll end up taking down this competition once again. You've uh, certainly done very well here for yourself. We all follow you on Twitter at All In Kid. He is a senior writer for the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, or excuse me, Fantasy Sports Network, excuse me, and Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, thanks so much for calling in, man. Good luck the rest of the way. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it as always, guys. You guys have a one, good one. Thank Thanks, you Jake. so much, Jake Seeley. Jake's awesome. Always great to hear from former champs on the show, and uh, he's one of them. He is. He is. I, Did you guys talk about – I just stepped away for a minute. Did you talk about John Brown? Don't second? tell the listeners that you stepped away. So, That's right. I, I had technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, your headphones weren't working. Right. What, what was your question? I'm John sorry. Brown, did you guys mention him at all? We didn't talk about that, and, and the only re- – I, I, we he, talked he, about him. He muscled up. He's gained 12 pounds of muscle. Yes, and uh, hopefully uh, lost some weight with that cyst being removed from his spine too this off season. That's got to help. That's true. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, we his, talked about this sickle cell heel ball. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but we talked about this on the show on Friday with with Farrell and and, and Jeff Howell. Uh, I and Jeff was not necessarily as excited about John Brown this year, but I, I think I'm I'm a John Brown guy this year. I think I like that him a lot, I actually. think for him going as Jeez. late as he yeah. is right now. Uh, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, you think about what he did uh, two years ago when he was healthy. I, I just think that that's too much. I don't think he puts up those numbers again, but I definitely think he give think thinks he gives you better than what you're paying for at that spot. He's got that clear number two role. I mean, you you know, Fitz is getting up there in age. He's definitely a possession player. You have David Johnson catching a bunch of passes, and John Brown is not just a speed guy. He's just not a deep threat. What if he becomes more like a Steve Smith, where Steve Smith. That was what his role was. He was always the muscled-up guy. Right. He was smaller. Yeah. But he was always strong. He's like 5'11", 189, 190. And if Brown gets to that level while retaining that 4'3-something speed, watch out. I don't, I don't want to put John Brown on the same level as Steve Smith. But Of course. How could you? Right, how could I? No one. Right. There's only one icon. <laughs> but I think that there are traits of each of their games that can be compared. There's your upside. That's yeah. a possibility. Uh, we left off at the 901 pick with Eric Decker. Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota off the board after that. Kareem Hunt goes at the 904, followed by uh, the timeless Frank Gore going to uh, Sam Hendricks there. Ben Roethlisberger, the third quarterback selected in the ninth round, followed by John Brown, who we talked about. LeGarrette Blunt is the third running back drafted by uh, Wayne Osherberg uh, at the uh, 908 tonight. Kobe Fleener, Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage. The unsigned Gary Barnage to uh, to uh, Richard Green, and I got to tell you, this has been one hell of an entertaining first hour of this program to see uh, what Richard Green is putting together here. I, this is going to be interesting to see how it turns out. Samaji Pirine and Jeremy Hill round out the ninth round there. So, any surprises? Anything that sticks out to you in, in the ninth round there, Dave? I, I, well, I, I Barnage guess, is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, it? besides Barnage, but you you look at Legarrette Blount smack in the middle. Of that what do you make of him? in a retooled Philadelphia offense as he probably will be the, the banger back, the, the big first and second down back uh, in that offense, should get a healthy amount of touchdowns. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't hold out for many catches, but starting running back, ninth round. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, at that point, take a shot. I really have no problem whatsoever with it, especially when you waited that long to get your third running back. He's actually a pretty solid pick there. LeGarrette Blunt's current teammate, Ryan Matthews, goes at the 10-0-1 to Leon Hughes, followed by Austin Hooper. And I got to tell you, I am the biggest Kobe Fleener guy out there right now. Well, ever, really. <laughs> I'm a bigger Kobe Fleener fan than Miss, uh, Kobe Fleener's mom. But 
Austin Hooper I really like this year, and I would have taken him over both Barn and Jan Fleener there, and I don't. I think I'm in the majority. And that's amazing. You're the former Fleener apologist. That's, I agree with you about Hooper. Yeah. Actually, he's got a breakout opportunity. And then Doug Martin goes next. Yeah. And I mean, again, why is Doug Martin going that late? I mean, I think. Well, the four-game suspension, I think, contributes to that. But, I mean, this is a 16-week season, and you should have other running backs that can play for you. I think that's pretty cheap for Martin. I'm just checking to see how accurate your statement is on that with uh, Doug Martin. And he is actually going in this format normally at the 7-12. So to get him Thank in you. the 10th round, Thank you. There fantastic you go. value. Almost Good job, a, Team 10. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, team 10, coming back. Yeah. On, 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 well, look, I mean, maybe, are, maybe not even coming back. People maybe are, People are judging. Let, people are judging. There's your value. Pick. And, and uh, maybe he's, listen, three steps ahead of all of us. You never know <laughs> on these things. I got to tell you. A lot of times when I see drafts like this where I don't really I, – I scratch my head, I, I'm also scratching my head in December when I'm seeing these teams dominate too. Yeah, so true. Tim McCulloch, by the way, and I'm going to bring this up over and over again. Jake alluded to it. Tim McCulloch was the first pro to ever win this thing, and he drafted one tight end in 28 rounds. Antonio Gates carried him to the championship. It worked out. Terrible job. Yeah. So, I, it, team, yes. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, man, I just – did you just disconnect? Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just – I have a, the high-stakes lowdown <laughs> guest calling me right now. And for uh, – not for – we the don't – high-stakes lowdown? Yes, yeah, so which you can hear on? at rotoviz.com slash podcast. And That's such a great podcast, Paul. Yeah, Thank I you. I, I know I give you crap. I know you're an every-week listener. You do, a, you do a great job. I love it. I listen to it every week. Bryce, uh, our audio engineer, loves this next pick, Matthew Stafford, as he is a big Lions fan. He goes to the fantasy exec, Corey Parson. Uh, Julius Thomas, Duke Johnson, Cam Meredith. Boy, I like that Cam Meredith pick in the 10th round there. Uh, that uh, makes a lot of sense for me. And then Kenneth Dixon and Jamal Charles. Again, two running backs on the opposite ends of their careers. They find themselves sitting next to each other in this draft here in the 10th round. Tyrell Williams, a guy who, Dave, and I'll tell you this, Ever since this Mike Williams news came out about him potentially missing the entire rookie season of his, uh, Tyrell Williams has gone up. And even though we, the latest news, we've got Ian Rappaport actually tweeted this out and several sources have confirmed this, that surgery is off the board. It's not, not going to happen. Tyrell Williams' ADP has not changed. It is still going up. And so I see so him. It's not going to happen. He's just going to suck. Normal. Like yeah. Normal maybe maybe this, suck. Is, this is what the wake-up call that everybody needed to, to hear was yeah. that Tyrell Williams should have been drafted higher than where he was. So he goes in the 10th round here tonight to Nelson Sousa, Jason Witten. For so cheap. Yeah. So cheap. Very cheap. Jason Witten and then Dak Prescott uh, finish off the first 10 rounds. I think rounds Dak Prescott at the, at the end of the 10th is also a nice, nice value. I think that we can say that about a lot of quarterbacks that are being drafted so. here. Um, but let yes. Me, let me ask you about some running back ADPs, Walkie. Okay. Samaje P. Ryan goes to the 9 and then I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I apologize for that. But uh, Robert Kelly goes at the 1208 in the 12th round. Okay, so P. Ryan is, is almost right on. He goes at the 1001 in this okay. format. All and right. I'm looking at DE uh, ADP here. Right, not, right. You know. okay. um, and then who is the other one you asked me about? Kelly. Fat Rob Kelly. Yeah. Why, uh, is he, why is he fat? Is he fat? Well, he's not anymore. Apparently, he's lost a lot of weight. Uh, why can I not? Did I, I think I spelled Kelly wrong. A, that is even possible. EY. Oh, no, hold on. I think he's, yeah, he's listening to that. 12.06 for Rob Kelly. All right, so those are actually right at about their regular spots. I, just, I, think, I find that kind of interesting. Uh, why do you find that interesting? What is perception for you with those Redskins running backs? Well, Kelly's a starter, right? P. Ryan's a rookie. I believe with the news that has been flowing out of there saying, the, the coach is say saying P. that P. Ryan has a little bit uh, of some catching up to do. Know, doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah. Doesn't know the playbook. He's still a rookie. Probably a dumbass. Doesn't know what's up. Kelly's the starter. 
I don't know. To me, that seems like a bargain. It I don't like... think he's a dumbass. I don't think <laughs> right. you need to be. All right, maybe P Ryan's not at all. But I'm just saying, it seems like Kelly's the incumbent, and he's going to have to take the job from him. Maybe that will happen. Yeah. I just don't necessarily know that that will. I mean, maybe Kelly keeps the job. Oftentimes, in these situations, we are not talking about high impact picks like first, second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. I will often say I will just take the guy in the middle rounds, the second guy, and 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 just go with the value there. Um, I don't, you know, I, again, I wouldn't have a problem if you, if I had taken P Ryan at the nine eleven. Why am I not taking Robert Kelly at the eleven eleven? You know, if you know that those ADPs are the twelve oh six, right? Why don't you just take them? I mean, what do you, what do you, do you grab Thielen? I mean, that's a fine pick, and you take, you know, just to me. And then you took Palmer in the in the twelfth round. You could have just backed up. You could have locked up that running game. Okay. Okay. Very cool. I, I appreciate your input on that. Um, I'm trying to find out. Okay, we left off at the ten. 12. So we are leading off with the 11-01 Matt Forte here to Jeff Ratcliffe. Uh, three straight quarterbacks, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Tyrod Taylor. We heard uh, Jake Seeley talk about that, how uh, you know all those quarterbacks went off the board, including Andy Dalton, who went two picks after that. And Terrence West, actually, was the pick in between Tyrod Taylor, Terrence West going at the 11-05. And what do you make of Sam Hendricks getting both Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West in the 10th and 11th rounds? He's Essentially locked up a backfield. He doesn't have the passing aspect of it with Danny Woodhead, but he's, he's getting two significant pieces of a Baltimore backfield that loves to throw to its running backs. He is doing that and at the same time when he takes four straight running backs, of which Frank Gore was the leader of that 9, 10, 11, 12 round, you know, four running back pack. I love the Frank Gore pick. He is sacrificing wide receivers. I mean, he only has Julio, Watkins, and Kelvin Benjamin. Right. I th- it's pro- to me, that's a bit problematic. I mean, I think you need some more wide receivers. I think you need a, need a little bit more balance in your team. Uh, Blake Bortles uh, to Jake Seeley. Carson Wentz is the pick after that. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of uh, quarterbacks go off the board here. Uh, after Wentz goes uh, O.J. Howard. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit because I think it pairs well with the fantasy execs next pick after he took Howard. Talk about that in a little bit. Giovanni Bernard goes off the board at the 11-10 tonight. And then uh, Adam Thielen and Sterling Shepard round out the uh, first 11 rounds. Hey, Adam Thielen, you liked it, the 11-11. Talk a little bit about why he makes sense as a good value pick there, despite playing on a team with Stephon Diggs as the number one receiver. Kyle Rudolph is maybe the number two passing game option. And then a bad offensive line with Sam Bradford throwing to him. Actually, what I said was Adam Thielen. I don't know why you took him instead of taking Robert Kelly. Was oh, well, forget it. And thank you for letting me lead that, uh, <laughs> lead you all the way up to the water before you could tell me, hey, Balky, this water is poison. I don't necessarily hate Thielen. I, I get it, though. Um, but that, I still was more in favor of Kelly at that spot. Sterling Shepard, do you have any interest in him in the 11th round? I mean, behind Brandon Marshall, Odell no, Beckham. Not really. Don't like Shepard. No, I don't, actually. I've heard this argument on uh, Twitter about people saying, like, look, um, if Beckham or Marshall were to miss any time, the way that, that McAdoo has that Giants offense structured, Shepard could be in for a, a, a pretty good bonanza of fantasy points. That's totally true. Okay, but, but you're still not on board in the 11th round. I mean, do Marshall, I mean, does Marshall seem like a person who has a propensity for getting injured? He's getting injured, but he always plays through it. Remember that, that game when he scored three touchdowns and he didn't even have a catch in the first half? He barely played. <laughs> yeah. He comes back in the second half, boom, 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 all the yeah. three touchdowns. Marshall scores 35 points. You were playing against him. You were probably celebrating at halftime and wanting to, like, you were drunk by the end of the game because Marshall just destroyed your yeah. shot. Yeah, you were drunk at halftime and then drunk again for a different Exactly, game. yeah. You're throwing up then at the end of the game. Marshall does have that hip issue, though. Marshall's fine. Marshall's a baller. Yeah. yeah. Has he been on Ballers? No. Which you can watch he is not. on uh, HBO. <laughs> Check out the HBO Go app, HBO Now. Game of Thrones, which, by the way, Game of Thrones is on. What are you doing listening to this show right now? 
Game of Thrones is on, for God's sake. You guys should all be turning off this show and watching Game of Thrones. Find out what's going on with Jon Snow and Sansa. Look, those are different types of nerds yeah. than these nerds that like fantasy sports ball. Henry Mudo likes both. I like, I like both. I like I'm, Henry Mudo. I'm a double nerd, too. So, uh, that's co- actually interesting. Team 12, though, I will interrupt yeah. you, does have Evan Ingram and Shepard. So, if he should actually be rooting for two injuries on that offense. <laughs> well, not necessarily, but one of them, one yeah. of those guys one should One of those guys could have possibly produced. Team 12 is Leon Hughes. He's actually uh, the first guy to draft a kicker who he takes at the 12-01 tonight. And then uh, Carson Palmer, Deshaun Watson go off the board there. Let's talk about what Corey Parson did here. Uh, the fantasy exec in uh, rounds 11 and 12. He gets O.J. Howard in the 11th, Cameron Brate in the 12th. Not necessarily a strategy I like in a 20-round format, but in a 28-round format where you're trying to lock up pockets of fantasy goodness, he gets the Tampa Bay tight end, essentially, with uh, two double-digit round picks. I, yeah, I totally like that. Actually, I like that, especially when you look at how you know, Fleener's his first tight end, so that's not all that great. But then he locks up the Tampa Bay passing game, and he's got uh, he's got a great quarterback, James, young, great young quarterback, Jameis Winston, throwing it. I think that's really I, I love that. That's actually great. I should also bring this up too when we were just talking about Adam Thielen, uh, Ryan Hita on the uh, YouTube Google stream right now that you can check out the uh, draft board. Uh, he commented, uh, "Team 11, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs." So maybe the Thielen maybe, pick had something to do maybe, with. Maybe we should pay a little more attention. Matt, listen, people tell us that all the time. I continue <laughs> to ignore them. Stephon Diggs. Which actually does mean, though, that that team only has Allen Robinson and... Allen. Allen Robinson. Yeah. That's what I said. I thought you said Alvin. Alvin Robinson. <laughs> Alvin Robertson and Stephen Diggs and Eric Fever. <laughs> I mean, he effectively has Robinson and one guy kind of from the Minnesota terrible passing game. Yeah. Not, not quite so good there. It, the receiver's... You and I both like that Howard Bray connection that Corey Parson put together here. CJ Procise. I'd, like, uh, I'd like Corey to call him because I always enjoy having a conversation with him. Yeah, he is great. He hosted, uh, co-hosted this show uh, before. CJ Procise, I really like that pick in the uh, 12th round there that was um, going to uh, Wayne Osherberg. And then uh, the second CJ of the 12th round, CJ Fedorowicz, goes to Jake Seeley. David Njoku is the third tight end selected in round 12. Um, he goes uh, off the board here to, uh, uh, let's see, who was that? Shelby Stewart takes uh, David Njoku. God, my eyes are failing me, Dave. They're just, I'm getting old. My hair's falling out. My waistline's expanding. It's just ridiculous. My, I'm not going to be able to do this show in like three years because I'm just going to be blind at this point. I'm not going to be able to do it anymore. Uh, fat Rob Kelly to Sam Hendricks. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, and then back-to-back Corey's here. Corey Davis and Corey Coleman. Davis going to Team 4, that's FFPC Joe, Chris Lutz, and then Corey Coleman going to the franchise, the defending 2016 FFPC main event co-champion, that is Nelson Sousa, and he takes Corey Coleman there. James White uh, is the pick by uh, Chris Holland there. That's pretty good value there, actually. I was, I was just uh, talking about James White before the show, uh, and actually to get James White at the end of the 12th round in this format I believe is pretty good value because uh, he's normally going at that 10-11 turn. So he actually slipped a little bit tonight. Congratulations, if it works out, to Holland and Blake. Rounding out the 12th round is Mike Wallace. So interesting job by Jeff Ratcliffe there, taking two guys that are maybe a little bit underappreciated in Eric Decker in the 9th round, Mike Wallace in the 12th round, uh, two guys that could actually end up doing some numbers this year as uh, they're kind of often overlooked for the young toy, uh, you know, the young new thing behind them, Corey Davis, and I don't know, uh, I guess Jeremy Macklin is the quasi-new thing in Baltimore. 
uh, since he's the new player there, but he's been around. We know the game. Uh, leading off the 13th round, his uh, Jeff Ratcliffe's second tight end, Antonio Gates. Marvin Jones, Jonathan Williams, and Jacquez Rogers. Jonathan Williams going to the franchise. That's Nelson Sousa. Jacquez Rogers is the 1304 pick tonight. Joe Flacco, uh, followed by Joe Williams. So back-to-back Joes here. Joe Williams goes uh, to the um, uh, 13, that's 1306, Shelby Stewart, FFPC Joe. Um, before I get any further, Dave, I'm kind of interested because they're kind of back-to-back here. Well, we're actually back-to-back here. Corey Davis and Corey Coleman in round 12. Which guy do you like better this year? Non-dynasty. Not, <laughs> I get it. Okay. You know, I'll, t- I'll take Corey Coleman and the bad hamstring. I, I, I just – it's he, a second-year player that – should be ascending. All I have to count on is the hamstring being healthy. And I think even though the quarterback situation is not as, you know, it's nicer, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I still a rookie wide receiver. It's just tough to perform as well. Just, I mean, look at any website, not any website, cause I don't know all of them, it's but amazing most, how, cheap those, how cheap Coleman is. Though. Most websites just look at the targets projected for Corey Davis in comparison to Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman has to be projected for so many more targets than Davis. I mean, Davis has to deal with Eric Decker. He's got to deal with Delaney Walker. And honestly, Tennessee wants to run, too. I mean, they did last year. They have Murray. They have Derrick Henry. I don't know, man. I, th- I think it's a slam dunk. Even with the bad hamstring, I think you've got to take Coleman there. And again, when you look at what the front office did, they let Terrell Pryor go. And uh, they just pretty much handed the number one role to Coleman and said, hey, run with it. Yeah. And uh, he, I, it's amazing how, in it, how cheap he's gotten. 12th round. That's, that's a bargain. I, I, mean, th- I, th- I think it's a bargain. I mean, it, it, it seems like a bargain. I mean, I guess we'll find out. You and I, I think, have a five on Kenny Britt versus Corey Coleman this year as well. So, I mean, there is Britt to be tangled with. And I think that's another guy that's going to be interesting in drafts this Britt's year. Just an, he's just a guy. Yeah, he you, and I, around the league. you and I disagree on that. But do you think he's good? I think he is going to have a better season than Corey Coleman this year, yes. I think his so fantasy that, numbers so will be so better. So you don't think he's good? I asked him if he thought he was good. I mean, defined good. He's a starting receiver in the most elite league for football in the world. Okay. As a baseline of wide receivers, he's definitely in the 99.9th percentile of wide receivers nationally. No, in the world. Sure. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. Universally. Yes. But is he good as Let an NFL starting Let receiver me tell you this. from a fantasy perspective? No, he's not. Two guys that both play in Cleveland, okay? We talked about Coleman and Britt. I'll tell you this. I bet Britt puts up better receiving numbers this year in the NFL than LeBron James. And they're both in Cleveland. They're both in Cleveland, Dave. I agree with you, actually. Thank you. So, so Kenny Britt, better than LeBron James. You said it, not me. <laughs> uh, let's move on here. We were talking about uh, Joe Williams, and then Quincy and Nunwa goes off the board in the uh, 13th round here to Jake Seeley. Wow, another good pick I like. What did I, what did I give you for Quincy and Nunwa and uh, Carrington? I, I bought I don't even remember. Was it a, was it like a second a two, rounder? 212, something like that? It was a, it was a late second rounder, yeah. But honestly, the, the, the reason I dealt um, him at that, Eric Decker was still on the Jets at that point, and I was like, well, just in case Decker stays, I want to get something for him. Yeah, no, I'm not, I wasn't trying to dog yeah. you out. I mean, it doesn't even, I don't even know that I won that trade either, by the way. Well, who knows? Like I, I honestly don't even know who I took with that pick. I might have even shipped ship that pick. At that point in the draft. Jonathan Stewart, a guy that I was kind of off, I think I'm back on. He goes uh, to Wayne Ochterberg there. Sam Bradford, and then James Conner, I think, uh, is still being a little bit undervalued in drafts. Uh, I really like I him this year sure. uh, as well. He goes at the 13-10. All right, Team 10, Richard Green, getting his guys, another guy I'm on board with nice there. Job. Uh, Brian, the comeback kid. 
Brian Hoyer, interesting pick in the 13th round here. And then uh, Benjamin Watson, the uh, starting, question mark, tight end in Baltimore goes at the 13-12. Let's uh, – that's actually not again not not a bad pick. Ben Watson, yeah, he's as, as his third as his third tight end. The, uh, the, the ever he's like the ageless Ben Watson too. We talked about how if you played in a tight end premium format, Dave, that you would be drafting three tight ends usually in in, the, in like in the a draft experts format. Yes. Oh, in a DE. Okay, I was I thought you were talking about in an FF. Well, in, okay, in a classic FFPC like in a in a main event type format, yeah. I would draft three tight ends if I waited on tight end. and My tight ends right. were really bad. Okay. So just, it, you know, desperate. in this format, right? What, no, in 28-round DE format, sure. what would you be looking at as far as number of tight ends in your roster when it's all set up? Three minimum, maybe four. Maybe okay. even five if I had. I, w- I was actually thinking five. But, you know, you get into those, those you know, like a top 50 or top 60 tight end. Yeah, I'm not going to take some just, junker. They're, yeah. I'd rather take a third tight end, or, I mean, a third kicker or a third defense. Or oh, third for sure I'd rather have a third yeah. kicker or a third defense, yeah. Um, so Benjamin Watson is the final pick of the 13th round. Uh, let's t- listen, we're getting into the defenses in the 14th round here. Kansas city defense is the first one off the board. Uh, they go to, uh, Leon Hughes, Darren Sproles, the pick after that. I like that pick followed by the Houston defense. And then Jamal Williams falling to the 14th round, Dave. I'm actually, I'm impressed about fast and strapped. These guys know what they're uh, they, yeah. I mean, listen, this is the, the best in the world. You're uh, looking at Jamal Williams, I guess, at the 1403 in this format. I mean, that's about where he's he's going, so it, it makes sense. I just figured that he would be going a little bit higher than that, especially since he's you know been named the number two running back in Green Bay right, right. Um, already, and he's playing behind a guy who has not played running back for a full season in the NFL. Uh, I love Ty Montgomery as much as the next guy, but and I think the other thing is too. Maybe everybody listens to Matt Kelly from PlayerProfiler.com. Oh, you know, I do. Yeah. I, he hates Jamal Williams this year. He's actually been drafting. I think he's in division number well, six. And if you listen to him, he has such a strong opinion that you feel like an idiot if you take someone that he hates. I think that's what it is. Like, yeah. Oh, he, he really, he, was, yeah. he couldn't stand Jamal Williams. He's the worst player ever. It, Aaron Jones is so much better. It's like, it's like when you're walking down a street in like, you know, like a busy city like New York or Chicago or whatever that you're visiting that you don't live in. Right. And somebody asks you like, hey, how do I get to this place? And you say, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. And then they get all pissed at you <laughs> for not knowing. Like, how do you not know that? And then, you know, you want to say to them like, look, I don't, you know, either, I don't live, you know, like, but then you end up walking around like, yeah, I really should have known where that place was. <laughs> I like, wouldn't say that. I really screwed up. I, okay. Darren McFadden falling to the 14th round tonight, Dave. Is Darren, he still, he's still in the NFL? He's still in the NFL. Who, and who is he playing for now? Dallas, and he could have, oh, a, signif- the, could have a significant role if Ezekiel hey, Elliott is indeed suspended. So that's interesting to see him fall. McFadden's still in the NFL. Wayne Ashterberg takes him in the 14th round. Kevin, turning on the Cowboys. Kevin White uh, to Jake Seeley right after that, followed by the Broncos defense. And then Richard Matthews, another guy that we haven't – we talked about all these targets in Tennessee. Matthews is another guy uh, that we have to consider there too. But, by the way, I find it interesting that Wayne Ashterberg takes Jonathan Stewart in the 13th round when he, he took McCaffrey in the third round. So, like, Stewart goes, like, ten full rounds later. I mean, how the not mighty have fallen. I mean, like, no one cares about Jonathan Stewart whatsoever. It's like everyone's looking for reasons not to take him. So, finally, Wayne's like, fine, I'll take him. By the way, uh, just a, a, a um, an aside from the uh, BTR chat room tonight, Clayton Gray, the pride of footballguys.com, says he's DVR in Game of Thrones because he wants to uh, see this action here. That's, you can't DVR our junk. 
Well, listen. It's only live. I don't know if you pay attention to the Hollywood Reporter, but it was all over the news today. Like, what will win the ratings tonight? Pros versus Joe's number one or the newest episode of Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. It was nip and tuck. I mean, I guess I sided with us, but I'm a little bit biased that I thought we'd come out on top. So far, I've clearly been proven right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines here. The 510 is on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who is this? Hey, Dave, Eric, Mike Visconti with Fantasy Sports Central. How's it going? It is going great. The better question for you, Mike, drafting from the 11th spot tonight, how is it going with you as we are, as we are now uh, 15, ra- 15 rounds in, 16 rounds in? How do you feel about your draft uh, as, as you look back on the first half of it being complete? I don't know. I, you know, we, <laughs> we went two tight ends. I mean, that's not too far off from what we typically do and, and uh in these types of drafts, I like the draft masters, you know, Greg Olson and Travis Kelsey who pulled the trigger a little bit early. I think all in will be good. I mean, the way I look at it, those tight ends, you get an extra 35, you know, 30, 35 points. And, you know, considering the draft masters format, I think that those extra points will fill in really well. So I could plug in some receivers that I like late and looks like the, the last, the last round, all of those late receivers that I was so high on, they all went. So, so yeah, so far so good, I would say. Yeah, I look at let, – let's talk a little bit about that uh, Melvin Gordon pick uh, that you took in the first round. How much of uh, that selection there was, okay, we have the 11th pick, we can get a guy with a lot of upside here, let's take him and, and you know, we'll, we'll figure out receiver, tight end, whatever later – uh, and how much of that was like, oh, my God, Melvin Gordon's still on the board. This is the guy that we want to build our team around. Yeah, build our team around. I mean, we got, you know, we, we have, Steve and I have Melvin Gordon a little bit higher than most. You know, we've been doing projections. I mean, that's really all we do on our site. And, and you know, we've been doing it for, you know, 21 years. We've been selling it to the public for 19 years. And um, we're, we're running, running back heavy this this year and really like McCoy and uh and Gordon really in the fifth sixth hole so you know I I I was pleased to see him right there and and uh you know (laughs) the Kelsey pick kind of threw my uh draft upside down but such is the FFPC high stakes format so (laughs) yeah it is literally uh so at least we've revealed your tight end rankings a little bit here haven't they come out publicly here um, that's the one, two spot. That's interesting. Okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, which by the way, we, we, um, at least I, I don't know if you, you like the Austin Hooper pick too, right? I'd actually, yeah, bulky, we're, we're, we're we, both on board with that. that for sure. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk a, a little bit about something you said when you answered that last question about being running back heavy this year. This is the running back revival, the return of the running back running back revenge this year after zero RB was, was so prevalent in high stakes drafts last year. Do you think there's a bit of an overcorrection this year? Do you think that, that, that drafters are maybe siding too much on the running back side, uh, that they have uh, gone, uh, you know, the pendulum has swung too far? Or do you think the way that drafts are shaping up this year, uh, and you can speak to how your projections are too, how you value running backs versus receivers this year, how do you see the running back position shaking out right now? Is it, is it going accurately, or is there a little bit uh, of, uh, of an error there by drafters? No, Eric, I think good point. I think that I I think there is an overcorrection and and one of the things that we've always liked to do. I remember we used to go wide receiver heavy back when it was running back running back back in 
you know, the old days when, when you couldn't um, win a draft, you know, without going running back, running back in the first two rounds, you know, those were the drafts where we were going, you know, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, you know, or <laughs> Terrell Owens, Marvin Harrison. And so when this new, uh, new revival of the wide receiver over the last probably five years where, you know, you see a lot of wide receiver, wide receiver, shoot, in the main event, I've seen wide receiver the first four or five picks off the board the last couple of years. And so for us, what we've typically done is, is when we see that, then we, then we look at the value and go, you know, try to go running back, running back there. So, you know, really um, at least our strategy typically when we draft FFPC is to kind of do the opposite of what the consensus does. I mean, we like, we're handicappers by, uh, you know, uh, that's where we kind of got started where Steve and I met each other in a sports book in Las Vegas, uh, uh, you know, over 20 years ago. And, and so we're gamblers at heart. <laughs> we always like to kind of bet against the field, so to speak. So that's, that's our strategy. Hey, final question before, before we let you guys get back to the draft. I'm curious about your 16th round pick, and I know we haven't gotten that far in, in the actual analysis of the draft. But Taylor Gabriel is a guy that I think, as far as watching drafts, he's actually picking up steam and, and seemingly going a, a little bit earlier. Uh, it seems like every single week I see him go a little bit earlier in drafts. Talk a little bit about why he made sense for you, uh, for you guys in the 16th round there. Oh, easy. I mean, the format. Period. Uh, so ta- Taylor Gabriel, with a handful of other receivers that are already gone, not talking out of school, but you know the Will Fuller, Ty- Tyler Lockett, uh, Kenny Stills, uh, Ted Ginn. Those guys are all going around the same. Taylor Gabriel. You know they'll have a good game every three, four, five games. And if you stack up three or four of them in this format, it 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 could work out. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> you just gotta try to get it at the right week, I guess. So I'm on the clock, fellas. So uh, I'll get this pick in, oh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with my fourth tight end here, and uh, yeah. backup tight end Vernon Davis. Yeah, Vernon Davis, folks. What do you think of that one? You know, it makes a lot of sense, especially if if Reed were to to get hurt at all this year. We saw what Vernon Davis did when Reed was out of that offense last year he made a lot of plays it makes a lot of sense hey before uh i I said the last question i want to let you talk a little bit about fantasy sports central the projections the cheat sheets that people are going to find out when they go to that website mike uh, and visit you guys at fantasysportscentral.com yeah i mean so really i mean we've been selling it at the same price for uh, a ton of years 10 bucks gets you projections throughout the entire season um, really, you know, we, we, we like to believe that we set ourselves apart from a lot of the, you know, folks making projections out there. It's not your standard, uh, uh set of projections customized to your league. Uh, you know, but, but that's all we do. We just concentrate on that. We're, uh, hand, like I said, we're handicappers, po- you know, we came from the poker business. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the world that Steve and I came from. And so really we just try to break it down to, you know, uh, mathematical probabilities. And, and, uh, and that's how we, we, we pull out our projections every year. So far, so good. We've done really well with our projections. We started making them just for ourselves. And then we, you know, in uh, what was it? 1998, we decided to start selling them to the public. So uh, here we go. We're in our 19th season and uh, you know, we're looking forward to a, Another great year. 
That's amazing. 19 years, boss. The best kept secret in fantasy sports since 1998. FantasySportsCentral.com. Follow Mike and all his cohorts at FSC Fantasy on Twitter. Mike, thanks so much for calling in. Good luck the rest of the way and in all your leagues this year. Thanks, man. Awesome. See you guys in September. Take care. Fantastic. Mike Visconti, great stuff there from the 11th spot. Makes a lot of uh, picks that, uh, that I like. Uh, he and Jake Seeley. I, I, you know, and I'm not just pandering to people calling in, okay, that I may or may not be able to take a sip of water every so often <laughs> when, when we're actually talking to somebody on the phone. Uh, it was great stuff, and I appreciated that. Uh, I moved the, the draft board down, so we were actually losing to see who, you know, is picking from each of these spots, but I feel like people would rather see the players anyway. Uh, drafted, so my apologies in advance. Let me know if it's really bad. We left off in the middle of the 14th round, and I believe Tyler Higby was where we left off, followed by the Patriots defense, Jordan Matthews, Dave, uh, and then Tyler Lockett completing the 14th round. I like that Jordan Matthews pick to Chris Holland. Makes a lot of sense. Moving back to the slot this year, could have his best numbers since when he was playing in in the slot before in that Philadelphia offense. Alshon Jeffrey, no stranger to the trainer's table. I like that 14th round pick. I like Jordan Matthews this year. You know, it's interesting. This 14th round, uh, you know, there's four wide receivers taken. Three of the four, it, re- it reads like the middle rounds of last year, like Tyler Lockett, Matthews, and Kevin White. All the glory guys yeah. last year that were going to break out and be awesome who ended up sucking. Couldn't you say the and same? Couldn't you say the same about coming up in the 15th round, Rashad Perriman as well? Yeah, Rashad Perriman. Kenny Britt. Did yeah. you mention Kenny oh, Britt? Oh, by the way, Marvin Jones in the 13th. He yep. was a fourth rounder last yeah. year. Yeah. Quincy Anunua. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't he was apply. A free agent. He doesn't apply to this but argument. Yeah, but I mean that that's those are the guys. These are the guys who were the glory glory little uh, upside guys last year, and uh, they didn't do anything. But now maybe that maybe this is their year. Interesting trio to start off the 15th round here, Dave. Kenny Britt, Stephen Guskowski, and Austin Safarian Jenkins. The only time you will ever see those three names together. Austin's uh, just so it's so kind of cool to see ASJ back back out there. I, nobody's, talk, again. nobody's talking about him. I mean, <laughs> yes, should, his, his, his quarterback really play is not going to be good. We get it, okay? But he's, he's off the sauce, whatever he was doing. He yeah. Was, but alcohol, not, he was doing the alcohol. Sounds like he was doing the alcohol. Yeah. Like he's totally, it sounds like he's clean, and it sounds like he's actually got it all straightened up. He was on elk. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. It was really bad there for a while. But he's off it. He lost a lot of weight, and he could be, Dave, the primary. Listen, who's the other guy catching passes for the New York Jets this year? The answer, exactly. Well, well, no, Quincy Inunua, oh, right. I, I think, would be the guy, right? <laughs> and Inunua didn't go until the 13th round of this draft. Yeah. PPR premium tight end format here, Austin Safarian Jenkins at the 15th. It makes a lot of sense, and I, and I believe that's the second tight end by Nelson Sousa. So uh, I like that pick there as well. Uh, Arizona defense, Ryan Tannehill, Brashad Perriman, Vikings defense, Ted Ginn. Let's talk about him for a second because he moves to New Orleans and that offense on steroids, not literally. Um, but you look at what he brings to the table with Drew Brees throwing the football there. You on board with Ted Ginn this year? You know, a DE format, yes. In a regular life format, not so much. But, you know, for this, for this sure, why not? He'll have some 80-yard touchdowns, absolutely. Like every third, fourth, fifth week, why not? Take a shot. And then uh, the pick two picks later, I know you don't like me doing this, but J.J. Nelson, same type of guy. He'll have a couple of huge games. It's not a uh, pick-by-pick draft coverage <laughs> or really a high-stakes fantasy football. Don't, you don't want me to skip rounds ahead because then Wait. it ruins your play-by-play. No, 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 no. It's fine. But it's not, it's not a show with me on it without me talking like I'm in love with a Denver running back, <laughs> which I think I am again this year, but I'm paying a much lesser price for it. 
I really like Devontae Booker. And I understand he's the number three running back there. But he's in a new scheme this year, the scheme that he was in last year. He struggled in, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced Jamal Charles makes the team this year, and I think Booker could be the handcuff to Anderson. And let's face it, that handcuff for Devontae Booker behind Anderson, that is a solid gold handcuff. It because is. It, it is a much more valuable handcuff when you have a guy who is going to be playing on a team that wants to run the ball, that is very successful in running the ball, that focused on their offensive line in the draft, and then you have Booker playing behind a guy who has missed a lot of time at C.J. Anderson. I like Booker this year, and in this format, he he goes in the 15th round tonight. Uh, He goes to uh, Corey Parson. I I like Corey Parson's team tonight, too. He's doing a really good job. Uh, I like that Devontae Booker pick there at the 1509, Thomas Rawls to uh, Richard Green at the 10. Kenny Stills and Mohamed Sanu completing the 15th round tonight. Can we go back? Let's go back to Devontae Booker. I totally agree with you, actually. I mean, look at C.J. Anderson. I mean, what has he really ever done? Seriously. 20... Hey, take C.J. Anderson. Take him. Take him. I'm serious. It's like, what has he ever done? He, 2014, he had 179 rushes for 849 yards and eight yeah. touchdowns. 2015, 152 for 720 and five touchdowns. And then last year, 110 for 437 and four touchdowns. He's never even been good. I mean, in, even in 2014, you know, he had 34 catches, 320. You know, he made the Pro Bowl, but he's not even all that good. He's not a pedigree right. bat. Yep. They drafted Booker actually to replace C.J. Anderson. He could, didn't quite get it done. Right. They pick up Jamal Charles, who if he's on his last legs, if he is, like you said, I think Booker actually is a totally solid upset. If Jamal Charles gets cut, Booker's ADP is going to go up significantly. And I'll say this, too. The other thing working in Booker's favor, if you want to draft him this year, remember last year when Anderson went down and people who had rostered Booker since the start of the season or picked him up off the waiver wire were so excited. <laughs> I was talking – I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been Kirk Kikis about this because I think he was in this league with me. I was talking about, like, oh, I got it made, man. This is after <laughs> Arian Foster retired. You said this? Yeah, I said, I got it made, man. Because you know how I always draft receivers, you know, get, get a – and, yeah. and I kind of ignored running back. I'm like, Arian Foster retired. I got Jay Ajayi. C.J. Anderson got hurt. I got Devontae Booker. I got two top ten running backs the rest of the way. My receivers are obviously awesome. I am going to lay waste to this entire competition. What league is this? Did not make the league playoffs in Kentucky. this format. No, this is not Kentucky. Oh. This is something else. <laughs> did not make the league playoffs. In, in, uh, no, it, didn't quite in work out. it did but not come close to working out. And the point I want to make is, there's this bad taste in the mouth feeling every, of people who own of people who own Booker last year. You know what? I didn't own Booker last year, which is why I'm not, I don't have the bad taste. Okay, but and well, now you like him, so I guess that shoots that argument. No, but that's way. the point is that because I don't mind liking him because I didn't own him last year. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Sorry, did I ruin your? No, that that was just basically my point. It's another reason that that I think Booker is coming at a discount that you can get him this year. Um, so we could, that was the end of uh, 15th round with Sanu. Let's kick off the 16th round. Will Fuller, Taylor Gabriel. We talked about Dan Bailey, the Seahawks defense. Uh, Dwayne Allen off the board. Do you think Dwayne Allen is a Patriot at the start of the season? Does he make that team? Is, is this overblown that people are saying that he might get cut? I really hadn't heard that news, so it's news to me. I don't know. I don't, so I, you know I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, once in a while, I don't want to pretend that I know the answer. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't okay. like Dwayne Allen. I've never liked Dwayne Allen. Yeah. So I wouldn't be taking him anyway. Another good way to spend a uh, 16th round pick, that is uh, Chris Thompson. And, again, Jake Seeley taking a guy I really like. That, not that I really like Chris Thompson, but to get a pass-catching running back yeah. like him in an unsettled backfield in Washington, 
yeah. with, with uh, an elite offense, um, with a quarterback that's going to get paid like $50 million this year <laughs> yeah, uh, right. because Washington refuses to sign him to a long-term deal. Can I, can I make a statement about Dwayne Allen? Yes. Let me go back to it. Okay. You know, I, I, I say that I never liked Dwayne Allen. I've never had him on my teams, and I've, he's never really been that good. So I, I kind of am just being an advocate for if you don't like a player and not liking him for his entire career, however long that is, sometimes it actually pays off pretty well for you because then you just never ro- – he's like a roster clogger. The guy who always is a roster clogger, and yeah. never does anything. Yeah. So it's like everyone has always rostered Dwayne Allen. Good for you. He's not a high, he's not a super talented player. Nice guy, good blocker, whatever. I don't really care. You guys can have him. You can have him this year again too, and see what happens. I'll tell you this, and and not to rip on the Dwayne Allen pick by uh, Wayne Ashterberg, but uh, hey, Wayne's I, made a lot of nice picks. He so has. I can rip, on, I can rip like, on one pick. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll rip. This is the pick I'm going to rip him on. <laughs> I would have rather the other two tight ends that went in the 16th round, Jesse James and Charles Clay. I would have rather had either of those guys. You know, Clay actually had some productive games during the uh, fantasy playoffs last year. When yeah. he was he was injured during part of the year, and then during the playoffs he came back and he was actually super productive. No Robert Woods this year. They did draft Zay Jones, but obviously they're paying him a lot of money. I mean, it, it makes Sammy sense. Watts healthy supposedly. Yeah, and well, listen. Even if he's not, I mean, then you look at what what Clay can do. There was a God. Who was I? I gotta really start keeping track of these articles I read. You know, you but, talk to all these, all these like movers and shakers. And yeah, it's just keep, all blurs. It's tough for you to keep up, man. Yeah, Charles Clay actually, he had like his kid was born real late in the season last year. One of his kids. I don't know how many kids he has, but he had he had a pregnant wife or girlfriend. I and I I don't know if he's married, but he had uh, he was the father of this kid and it was born. And after this kid was born, he had this massive fantasy performance like the next three weeks oh, as draft sharks it was a draft sharks he did not article. travel and yeah it was in december of 2016 he did not travel on a team play as he waited the birth of child yeah he didn't fly with his team to oakland yeah so and but then after that he he was really really good this is a draftsharks.com article jared smola and matt shelf who will be both be drafting in this competition well hopefully they call in we can we can talk he about was, it he was nervous about his you know his little we've all been there yeah. yeah we've all been there so not all of us but you and i have you weren't nervous when, when you were about to become no, a father? Not all of us have had kids. Oh, I say, I'm just, sorry. I was just speaking to fathers. <laughs> because let's face it, if you're not a father, you're, not, uh, you're much not less a of a person. human being. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, oh, you don't know. You don't. You, you, I can't even explain it to you. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's father superiority. Yeah, complex. yeah. It's like, shut up. Yep, and I will. <laughs> I'm single and happy. Back-to-back Charles in this round, Charles Clay, Charles Sims, uh, after Jesse James, Je- Charles Clay, and then Charles Sims. Aaron Jones, a guy who keeps climbing up. Robert Woods, another one of my favorite late-round receivers here this year. He goes to Chris Holland and Alex Blake. And then uh, the L.A. defense. Now, I don't know if that's the L.A. Rams or the L.A. Chargers. I was told that that, that would be fixed. Look, that I was, see here, there's the L.A.C. Yes, defense. But, right, but, that, but you wouldn't have known that because the L.A. Rams got drafted first. <laughs> this the shoddy-ass FFPC software, once again. You know, and I'll, I'll talk to the administrative board on that one. We'll, All right. we'll have a vote. I'm, see what happens. I'm just kidding about the shoddy ass FFPC software. <laughs> no, it's not true. Whatever. Tavon, as, as far as that particular part of it goes, okay. we should have an R there. Yeah. Uh, so right after the Rams defense, uh, Jeff Ratcliffe doubles down on the Rams against Tavon Austin. The Panthers defense goes after that. I like the Alvin Kamara pick by Scout Pros Nelson Sousa at the 17:03. Buccaneers. Josh Doxson. That's another interesting pick going to uh, Sam Hendricks here at the 1705. Interesting in a good way, not interesting in like, I want to rip on it, but I can't. I actually do like Doxson. I'm I'm not a huge Doxson fan, but the 17th round, I mean, come on. Wake up other 11 teams. It makes a lot of sense. 
Alex Smith, <laughs> Giants defense, J.J. Nelson, you talked about Tim Hightower, the forgotten running back in San Francisco. Everybody talks about Joe Williams and Carlos Hyde. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hightower is still farting around there. Alan Hearns. He always ends up, it's like week 11. It's like, what do you think the odds are that when it's week 11, you look at the starting running back for the 49ers, and the odds are that it's Hightower? About yeah. 30%. Yeah. 40, 40%. Maybe even higher, yeah. <laughs> Alan Hearns uh, goes in the 17-10 to Richard Green. What do you make of Hearns going basically two full rounds, two and a half rounds ahead of Marquise Lee. Which Jacksonville receiver do you like better Especially in that offense? I would year? take Marquise Lee at that draft position. I thought that Lee was the guy who's going to emerge ahead of Hearns. Now, is that, is that flipping back and forth or what? No, I've usually seen Lee ahead of Hearns in drafts. That's what I thought as well. And yeah. I, I think that Lee's, Lee is the, the more pedigree player. I can't always say this, but he is. And he has had some injury issues, and he's kind of come around. And he, up, he produced really well last year. Yeah. And Hearns actually has been the one who hasn't produced on that five-year, $40 million contract. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I was not only surprised to see Hearns go first, I'm, I'm surprised to see Lee go so late. I, but I always like Marquise Lee's story, too. He had this you know, really rough upbringing in like south-central L.A., and uh, he overcame a lot of that stuff. You know, couldn't good, even good afford to tour any other campus than USC. That's right. I don't, even know if, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> Took the bus to the campus visit. Yeah. He, it wasn't even a campus visit. He was just hanging out. <laughs> Pete Carroll's like, hey, you want to play football? Hey, kid. Yeah. Was it Pete Carroll? Was he the coach at USC at that time? I don't, I don't even know. know. It might have been Lane Kiffin. Somebody else. Like, hey. Like they, were, they, were, they, were, they had finals that day. You know, yeah, USC had finals that day. He's like, man, we were short on receivers. Hey, that guy looks pretty athletic. Hey, you, hey, that skinny kid over hey, here. Hey, you, get over here. You ran a couple routes, and uh, jersey, Matt Barkley is like, wow, this guy can play. And he could, <laughs> and he is, and he does. Yeah, read up that article. Read it up. Read it up? Yeah, that's an Aaron. Aaron is <laughs> All right, I'll search it up. I'll read it up. <laughs> uh, so we left off here in the end of the 17th round. So after. Hearns, we talked about Vernon Davis to Mike Visconti, Matt Bryant. Jacksonville defense followed by Jared Goff. Uh, Zach Miller right after that, followed by Florida State's own Graham Gano. La- Jared Goff is so good, he was an auto pick. And he is the fourth quarterback for Mike Visconti. I feel bad. because he might we, be a legit pick. We were talking, but we were talking to him when he made the Vernon Davis pick. I wonder if it's because he was talking to us he missed the Goff <laughs> pick. Because he was coming right around on that. Uh, well, I mean, it's not our fault if he missed the pick two picks later. Yeah, anybody, I, and I'll say this, anybody who calls in, if we're, like, distracting you or you're sick of us, join the club, number one. <laughs> and number two, just hang up on us. I will not be offended. Dave will not be offended. We'll, our we'll, we'll our wives it. hang up on us all the time. Well, it's te- technical difficulties. Yeah. You're not supposed to tell people that. Let's move on and uh, talk about Cole Beasley. He goes right in the smack dab in the middle of the 18th round, followed by uh, Mason Crosby. Philadelphia. A starting wide receiver just got taken in the 21st round. Yeah, it's crazy. Philadelphia Eagles defense, and then four straight running backs finish off the 18th round. Deontay Foreman, Shane Vereen, Deion Lewis, and Jalen Richard. I like the Jalen Richard pick by Jeff Ratcliffe there. Final pick of round 18. Could have a significant role in Oakland if Lynch, you know, does what a lot of people think he's going to do, which is not much. Have back issues, as always. Have back issues. Um, OD on Skittles is a possibility. How often do you guys just sit out the year and then just come back and are awesome? Yeah, and light it up. Off of a a kind of not that great year. I will say this. I do believe that, um, and I, I can't see this on the board right now, 
No, I can't see it on the By the board. way, he did take Lynch. That's what I was going to allude to. I yeah. think I thought he was the one who took Lynch, so he gets Lynch and Richard. So it worked there. out for him. Then. Yeah, worked out nicely. Uh, kicking off the 19th round, Eric Swope, Vance McDonald, A.J. Derby. I know you don't like Vance McDonald, but between Swope and Derby this year, Dave, if you're taking a third tight end in an FFPC format, which of those guys do you like I'm better? I'm taking Swope, and you know why? No, tell me. Because all the other smart guys that draft in the FFPC like Swope. Really? Yeah. Like who? Who's on him? I don't know. You can't say it, or you don't know. I mean, I don't remember, but a lot. Oh, of so those, how do you? Okay, so how do you know that a lot of the smart guys are all taking Swope, Swoop, whatever the hell his name is? They're taking him all the time. Yeah. They're saying, oh, blah 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 blah. That's who they're taking. So I'll take him. I don't have to think about it because it's so cheap. I don't. I don't have to do much analysis at that point. Here's what I will say about Swope versus Derby. I don't know who is throwing to AJ Derby, <laughs> but I know they're both throwing right now. I know the guy who's supposed to be throwing the swope is allegedly still not throwing. Look, you know, you can't make – okay, I, that's fine when you're talking about the T.Y. Hilton pick in the second round. When you're talking about the 19th round, Balky, you have to take a little bit of a risk. Mr. Bearded Luck, he'll be fine as far as a 19th okay. round pick goes. You can take – taking a second round pick, it's a little bit more of a take, risk. You could take a little bit of a risk with Swope, or you could take a teeny, tiny, itty-bitty risk with A.J. Derby. <laughs> Give me itty-bitty. Do you want to put five on this? I think this would be compelling. You think so? Eric Swope versus A.J. Derby, more FFPC points 2017. You want to do it? Sure, why not? All right. I, I, I got A.J. Derby, more two, FFPC two points. Two sucky tight ends. Okay, and I'll you, take Swope. And how much, you, swoop. how much do you have on it? $5. Oh, I got five on. Oh, Hold on. I don't know if we make too many uh, wagers during pros versus Joe's drafts, but this is uh, a rare one tonight, so that's exciting. Uh, that yeah, that was the, no one. the start of the 19th yeah. round. Will Lutz, Zay Jones, Marlon Mack, TJ Yeldon. Uh, following up, uh, Zay Jones goes Mack and Yeldon. Are we doing an analysis of the teams? Yeah, we will after this round. Okay, uh, but it's, like it's going to have to be – we're only going to be able to discuss the core anyway because these guys have been right. so fast right. with drafting tonight. It would be impossible to right. do it. Speed it up. And you're going to have to help me out a little bit too. Cooper Cup, by the way, get to that pick. 21st round, starting receiver. Okay. Cairo Santos, Lance Dunbar, Anquan Bolden, unsigned. Uh, and he goes to Richard Green again. Love it. Richard Green should be in every pros. This is Joe's draft. It's been so entertaining. Yeah, Bolden pick's not bad. Um, the Wash- I'm not saying a lot of his picks have been bad, but they've all been entertaining, the majority of them. Uh, he has had some boring ones, too. The Redskins and then uh, Lankford to uh, finish off 19th round. Uh, let's just target a couple of guys here in, in rounds 20 and 21 as they're through it. We see Rex Burkhead, Wayne Gallman go in the 20th round. Robert Turbin was in the 20th round. Uh, JJ, uh, JJ, Juju Smith-Schuster also in the 20th round. You mentioned Cooper Cup. Uh, we can also, supposed to be a starter. We talked about Marquise Lee. DeAndre Washington goes in the 20th round. Rashad Jennings also unsigned. Uh, the Packers rumored to be kicking the tires in that. I'll yeah. put and I'll uh, listen. He's a good dancer. Uh, he is a good dancer, and I'll say this: I know the Packers. They ain't signing Rashad Jennings for what that's worth. I like. The, I actually like the Curtis Samuel pick because if you get if you have Funchess who got gets picked after him, bust. Right. He's supposed to start, or Benjamin gets dinged up. Samuel is actually the best athlete out of those three receivers right, right. there. Yeah. Okay, so let's fly through the the team analysis. You pick a round that we're going to stop in. I uh, like the. I mean, what does that mean? Twelfth? No, that's too much. Just the core. Uh, I don't know. The starting guys. Tenth round. Eleven. Okay, well, let's just go through it. Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, Le'Veon Bell, Marshawn Lynch, Eddie Lacy at running back, Des Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, Golden Tate, uh, Eric Decker at receiver, 
Martellus Bennett, Antonio Gates at tight end, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott at quarterback. Solid team, well-balanced. Uh, he waited on tight end, still gets Bennett and Gates. This is not a bad squad. I don't have any problems with it at all. I, I always have a problem with the Packers tight ends uh, just because I don't think they're getting enough targets. Just, that's just the way the system works. So I don't like, I don't like Bennett that much. Bit of, bit of a question mark there with uh, Lynch and Eddie Lacy, but you would think that more often than not be in this format, you would think that one of those guys is starting for you. It's not, when you look at it, Bell, Lynch, Lacey, Forte, that's four veterans. I mean, you've got to figure two of those guys are going to pan out. I don't know if three will, though. Chris Holland and Alex Blake, David Johnson, DeMarco Murray, Spencer Ware, receivers Larry Fitzgerald, Willie Sneed, Deshaun Jackson, uh, tight ends Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, Kirk Cousins, and Rivers at the uh, quarterback. So, obviously, they waited a little bit in receivers, but this is what a lot of people do in this format, hit on those high upside guys. Maybe Robert Woods, Jordan Matthews, Marvin Jones has those big weeks, and then they're starting for you. You only need to start two receivers in this format. This is another strong team. You know, when you get Witten in the 10th round as your third tight end, Reed, Graham, and Witten, that's just such a ridiculous-looking tight end core. I think you're okay having Snead as your number two and Deshaun Jackson as your three. Fitz is a solid, solid enough one, and running backs are great. Nelson Sousa, the franchise, picking third. He has Ezekiel Elliott, Ty Montgomery, Mike Gillisley, Derek Henry. Receivers, Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas, Martavis Bryant, Tyrell Williams, Corey Coleman, tight ends, uh, Eric Ebron, Austin Safarian, Jenkins, quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, Eli Manning. Uh, I, you know, this is another good team. I, there's a lot of players on this team that I really like. Uh, and then uh, I, I worry a little bit about ASJ being your second tight end behind Ebron, but if you can cobble that together, you, you should be able to compete with that receiver uh, core and then the running back core, assuming Elliott is, is good to go. I like a lot of his picks. A lot of his are, uh, got, he has a lot of those like sexy picks like Brandon Cooks, Thomas, Bryant, uh, Derek Henry. You know, these are upside type players. I like this team quite a bit, actually. This is a team that's probably similar to how I would draft this. Chris Lutz, Amir Abdullah, Adrian Peterson, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Charles, Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey, Terrell Pryor, Kyle Rudolph, and Tyler Higby at tight end. This is a team that concentrated on the receivers early. They did great. Corey Davis, they waited they, to draft their number five. He still, I mean, it, it still may pay off for them there. Uh, the, the Waiting on running backs to get Abdul and Peterson, maybe it works out. I mean, Hunt is there too, uh, but then uh, tight ends. Uh, I like Kyle Rudolph. I don't like Tyler Higby as your number two tight end. I agree with you there. They're gonna, I think they're going to have some struggles with uh, number two tight end and even the number two running back. You really need Kareem Hunt to pan out, actually, and Abdul to really actually do something for once. I'm not a big believer in AP this year. Sam Hendricks, Andrew Luck, Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position, Todd Gurley, Isaiah Crowell, Frank Gore, Kenneth Dixon, Terrence West, Robert Kelly at running back, Julio Jones, Sammy Watkins, Kelvin Benjamin, Richard Matthews, Josh Doxson, and then Zach Ertz and Tyler Eifert, Charles Clay also there. Uh, the position I worry about on this team is receiver. Julio Jones and Sammy Watkins have been hurt a lot. Kelvin Benjamin has missed some time as well. And then you have Richard Matthews as your number four. I worry about receivers for Sam. Yeah, and again, in DEs, I tech, I'll tend to let uh, running back go a little bit for receivers. So I would have grabbed Tyrell Williams instead of Kenneth Dixon, another receiver instead of Terrence West. Then you would have had Gurley, Crowell, Gore to go with Julio, Watkins, Kelvin Benjamin. You would have had some better receiver depth. With Ertz, Eifert, and Luck, that team would have been, in my opinion, a bit better. 
he went in a different direction. He has better running backs, but his receivers, like you said, are lacking. Shelby Stewart, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Paul Perkins, C.J. Anderson at running back, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder, Cameron Meredith at receiver, Rob Gronkowski, David Njoku, and Jesse James at tight end. This is an interesting team. I, I feel like there's some balance here. There are some question marks when you talk about Gronk, when you talk about Ingram, how he's going to be used in New Orleans. Obviously, we talked about C.J. Anderson. Uh, some upside picks here with Williams and Joku, Cameron Meredith. So this is an interesting squad. I don't necessarily love it, but I definitely don't hate it by any means. This is an easy team to discount because you spent the early pick on Gronk, but Gronk is cheap. I mean, second round, you had Odell Beckham, Landry, Crowder, that's solid. Meredith, I thought that was a great pick. Actually, you know, this is going a little bit further than we're supposed to, but Joe Williams in the 13th round, I mean, they were talking about him possibly taking that starting job. I like this team quite a bit as well. Jake Seeley drafting from the seventh spot tonight. LaShawn McCoy, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Michael Thomas at receiver, along with Keenan Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, Quincy Noon with Kevin White. Delaney Walker and C.J. Fedorowicz are the tight ends. Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles at quarterback. We talked a lot about uh, how much we like this team tonight. The running backs are strong to quite strong, I would say. <laughs> and then you have the receivers here. Uh, Manuel Sanders, I, I think, is a fine pick for your number three, John Brown. We both like. Uh, Delaney Walker is, is a good tight end one. And then Fedorowicz, I've never been a big fan of his. Uh, for what, a stable producer. Yeah, I mean, which maybe is all he needs with the production that he has at running back and receiver. I think this is, a, again, we expected a strong team from Jake Seeley. We saw one tonight. Yeah, really well-balanced, actually. McCoy, Mixon, Cook, that was great. And Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, if he gets the targets, I expect. I mean, that's such a great value for him there. Manuel Sanders is perennially, perennially underrated. And John Brown, nice pick there. Even Duke Johnson, they're talking about him as a slot receiver. He's solicited as a running back. Great picks all around. I like this team quite a bit. This is, one of my, again, one of my top three teams. Wayne Ochterberg drafting out of the eight spot. Jordan Howard, Christian McCaffrey, LeGarrette Blount, C.J. Proceyes, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, receivers, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Dante Moncrief, Devontae Parker. Uh, tight ends, Jack Doyle, Julius Thomas, Dwayne Allen. So you look, and Drew Brees and Carson Wentz at quarterback. You look at this team, I have no problems with the running backs. I'm a little skittish about the receivers, although given you only have to start two, that, that could still pan out here. And then Doyle, Thomas, and Allen, you know, it's just, it's not exciting. Maybe it works. Uh, again, this is a team that I think, similar to Shelby Stewart's, definitely um, not one of the front runners for me, but much closer to the front than the back. Yeah, I like a lot of things about Wayne's team. I personally don't like the Breeze pick that much. I would have waited on quarterback, and I don't like Moncrief just overall. It's my own personal take. If I had gotten away from those two players, I would have probably gone tight end a little bit earlier and then not had to take Jack Doyle out of a slight bit of desperation in the seventh. Uh, Corey Parson, Tevin Coleman, Bilal Powell, Danny Woodhead, Jamal Williams, Devontae Booker, uh, receivers A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Doug Baldwin, Devontae Adams, Brandon Marshall, uh, tight ends Kobe Fleener, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brayton, Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford are the quarterbacks. This is a team that uh, drafted a lot of guys I like. Uh, didn't take their first running back until round five in Tevin Coleman, but I think the running backs are going to be fine. Uh, I think the receivers are strong. I would have liked to see somebody taken you know, before round 18 in uh, getting somebody after Brandon Marshall. And then uh, the Howard Brait. I mean, that, that's what the tight ends are going to depend upon. I'm not a huge Kobe Fleener guy this year. I know it pains me to say it, but that's my take on Corey Parson. Well, Corey's wide receivers are so insanely strong. A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Doug Baldwin, Devontae Adams, and then Marshall as your WR5. All you need to do is get some decent production. So if he gets out of the running backs and he, and he, he figured out tight end a little bit with Fleener and the two Tampa guys, he could be in good shape. This team is dangerous. Here's the wild card team of the night. You had uh, we, uh, excuse me, Richard Green 
uh, taking some uh, some interesting flyers, which <laughs> problem looking at right now. I'm sorry. Uh, so you have uh, um, Richard Green going, Lamar Miller, Latavius Murray, Doug Martin, Giovanni Bernard, James Connor, uh, receivers Jordy Nelson, Jeremy Macklin, Pierre Garcon, Randall Cobb, tight ends Jared Cook, Gary Barnage, uh, quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Quarterback is fine. Obviously, I'm a little worried about pretty much every other position, but who knows? I think this team will have a very tough time competing. He went against ADP so frequently, it's just going to be really a challenge. Doug Martin is a great pick. Uh, a couple other picks were fine, but other, a lot of other picks were problematic. Mike Visconti goes with Melvin Gordon, Carlos Hyde, Theo Riddick, Samaji, P. Ryan, Darren Sproles, running, or receivers, Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kenny Stills, Taylor Gabriel, tight ends Kelsey Olsen, and Austin Hooper. Uh, quarterbacks Palmer and Hoyer would have liked to see some more uh, – heavier wide receiver production here. The other positions are very, very good. Totally agree. Let's move on to Team 12. Leon Hughes, Devontae Freeman, Jay Ajayi, Jeremy Hill, Ryan Matthews, Michael Crabtree, Julian Edelman, Sterling Shepard, Muhammad Sanu are the receivers. Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Benjamin Watson at tight end, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady at quarterback. Would have liked to see somebody else other than Matt Ryan at that pick instead of Brady. Uh, I'm a little worried about this team as well. I would have gotten rid of Ingram. I thought that was, I mean, rookie tight ends are crap. Take a wide receiver, and I think you'd be okay. I also thought Brady was a little bit too early. That is going to do it for our show tonight. Remember, everybody, uh, thanks to Darren Armani, the FFPC, producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, most of all, all of our listeners. These draft boards will be posted on the FFPC Twitter, on the FFPC Facebook, on the uh, FFPC message board. They will be all over, so you can, and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, obviously, uh, you can check out the finalized draft boards there. We just can't keep the stream going any longer. Uh, with that, I want to thank Wayne Asterberg, Sam Hendricks, Jake Seeley, Mike Visconti for all calling in tonight. I want to remind everybody we will be back doing this tomorrow at 9 p.m eastern time 8 central we will have pros versus joe's division number two uh that is the same my name division keith douglas uh chuck root dan thomas eric young drew maselli and brian holgen make up the ffpc joe's and then for the pros evan silva and rich rebar from roto world mike beers from rotoviz howard bender from the fantasy alarm izzy alcafas from dynasty trade calculator and former overall champ tim mccullough the Roto from Roto Experts will also be on uh, tomorrow night's draft as well. It's going to be a fun one. Remember to get your draft slot early, everybody. The FFPC main event deadline is tomorrow. If you want your early draft slot, make sure you have your team paid in full by then. Make your Planet Hollywood reservation sign up for the main event. Draft with uh, Best Ball, Dynasty, Classics, more. The Football Guys Players Championship, all at flyffpc.com. Thank you so much. The live stream will be cut off with YouTube shortly, but check out those draft boards tomorrow. And, of course, your week officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tires skirt the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA. So now I have to race home because I have to commission a draft at 1030 Eastern. That's right. Not while I'm racing home. i got to see what the hell happened on Game of Thrones tonight. Whatever, boss. I'm serious. <laughs> Catch you all tomorrow. See you.